The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. And welcome into a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios on a football Friday and a free beer Friday. More on that in just a moment. Got a big show on tap for today. As we get you ready for East Carolina Navy coming up Saturday, we'll be with you 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 3.30 kickoff. Also, it is game day for Pirate Hoops, Pirates, and ODU going at it tonight at 7.30. We'll talk about that one as well. We got a lot of great guests coming up, including Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. His Clemson Tigers have a big one tomorrow against Wake Forest. We'll talk football at golf and more with Greeny coming up at around 3.45 at 4 o'clock. Tony Dunn is beaming after Cam Newton scored two touchdowns last week. His Panthers got a little jolt of energy. They play my Washington football team coming up Sunday. We'll have a Week 11 preview for you, make some picks. That's coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. At 5 o'clock, we'll talk to the voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and Amenji's Coliseum, Morgan Aylers, talk Pirate football, Pirate hoops, and Brian North joins us in the five o'clock hour as well to get you ready for your sports weekend we got shirley rhodes producing the big dog glenn griffin here as well and joining us our number one in the studio former ecu defensive coordinator rick smith coach good to see you always good to see you good to see you after a win amen <laughs> and a good win at that yeah coach um talked about this a lot this week uh memphis decides to go for two in overtime instead of kick the extra point what are you thinking at that moment? Uh, you know, as a as a defensive coordinator, that that team says, you know what, we're gonna we're not gonna go into another overtime. We're either gonna win it or lose it right here. What, what were you thinking? Then? I was shocked. I, I was. I I felt like that he would, you know, kick it. You're guaranteed. I just wouldn't put it on the kicker. I meant I would put it on the kicker, not on the offense. Yeah, not on. You know, kick it, and now you got an overtime. Yeah and so the players we talked to on monday and mike houston said this he said that they had practiced that play that when memphis came out in that look they knew exactly what was coming yeah. it was up to them to stop them and i was i was kind of fascinated by that I asked kevin monroe former east carolina cornerback how often because you know he played db how often did you know what was coming when the other team lined up during a game and i said is that rare and he said no you know if you do your job during the week and the coaches do their job to prepare you you pretty much know the majority of the time what you know what's coming it's a matter of can you stop it can you execute is the other team better just better than you to out execute you so coach as a defensive coordinator how often you know every play if you if they ran 75 plays how many of those would you kind of know what to expect they were going to do well basically you know the to me all the hardest play the hardest down to defense was first down because everything's kind of out options are out there uh, third down i always had a pretty good fix on people uh you know okay they're 85 percent pass uh if they're in this formation you know then you break down the formation okay they're in this formation you're going to get 95 percent pass it's going to be you know this or that if they're in this format you know you can put it but now first down 
usually they will chart that all season long and they chart it during the game and on first down it's it's almost unbelievable it's 50 50 run pass right uh now the closer you get to the end zone the defense has more of an advantage right because uh it seems like the teams will stiffen up so when they have it on a two-point conversion say and they line up you feel pretty confident you know what's coming at that point you know what what makes it tough on the offense when they get you know on the two or three yard line there's less space to run routes so everything's compacted Mm -hmm. and really most people you know on the one two yard line they're gonna run the football now you still have to defend the pass i mean if you're just unsound and you put all 11 of them in the box yeah you know then they're gonna check off and do you know throw the pass but it's all you know it's a guessing game but i mean you're guessing on what they've done because most people are going to break down you know at least you know four games on the opponent now when i was a coordinator and i was playing a team like navy and we did it here we broke down all 11 games from the previous year i mean during the summer that's one of the things we did was we would break navy down completely and you know that was always the toughest game because of what they did you see it one time a year that's going to be the challenge this week we'll talk about that one more later uh steven Igo brought up a good point on the pregame last week that their quarterback hennigan was better against the blitz than when teams would just drop back into coverage and blake harrell's been very aggressive blitzing last week i think Igo said for the 40 some dropbacks the quarterback had east carolina blitz six times so they were pretty conservative and it worked out for them because different quarterbacks are, are better at different things so uh, kudos to the staff to blake harrell and the defense for you know at their best coach they're probably blitzing but for this game it was better to not blitz well you know what's what's tough about playing an option team is you know like if you're playing a drop back passing team basically it's 11 defensive guys versus 10 with the quarterback being yeah. taken out yeah it, now but when the quarterback can run the football like in the option it's that evens things up. <laughs> it's it's one versus one yeah you know and what they don't care if 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 10 of their guys win and it's your safety on the quarterback they feel like they're gonna win you know most of the time because the quarterback knows where, which way he's going and that db's got to make an open field tackle it seems like a coach's job is never done there's so much to deal with you gotta get your team ready to play you gotta if you're losing get your team out of that rut and get them to win and then if you win you have to as you would call it coach handle the big head yeah. uh you, i remember you using yeah. that phrase in the past and now you've got an east carolina team that just had a great road win to get win number six cincinnati next week here at home in a big game so you got to get all those uh those kids brains right for this one how tough is that as a coach uh to get your guys ready after a a big six win victory like the pirates just had i don't think it's as hard against navy as it would be against another team because the kids realize this is the first time this year we've seen this offense Mm -hmm. uh so it's a little bit easier to get them ready to play you know and sometimes they can i can remember some games in you know in my career that i thought they were ready to play man and then we go out there and lay an egg and i'm sitting there scratching my head how did they fool me i thought they were ready to play (laughs) yeah uh you know and sometimes when they're not ready to play if something bad happens early they'll get ready to play i mean you know it's 
Uh, I, I remember those. You know, you're just getting killed the first quarter. All of a sudden, those kids wake up, and they, they are honest with you because we weren't ready to play, you know. We thought we were. And sometimes that happens. They can think they're ready to play, but they're not. And then all of a sudden, they get hit in the mouth. Whoa. They wake <laughs> up, you know, play the last three quarters. You would like to be ready to go from the kickoff against Navy because they'll hit you in the mouth and then just keep hitting you eight, nine more times yeah. in a row, right? So. Yeah. You know, and, and Navy's averaging right now, uh, I think I had them averaging four yards a carry on the run, which, you know, four yards of cracks, the first down, <laughs> that's three downs, that's 12 yards. It's uh, a team coach. Uh, Navy's only won two games this year, right. but you, you look at their Cincinnati game, they only lost that game by seven. They've been in games. Yeah. So it's not the best Navy team we've seen east carolina play but always dangerous the pirates have only beaten navy one time that came in 2011 so uh we know what's on the line here this weekend just a a difficult assignment uh surely uh, do you have the blake harrell cut here's what the uh the current defensive coordinator blake harrell had to say about navy's offense navy is a very good offense and they're gonna do a lot of multiple things you know they're really well coached up there coach ingram coach coach uh, ivan jasper coach nehemiah I've been around for a long time, doing this for a long time, and um, they've seen every look you can throw at them. So, uh, and it's just a different offense so much from what you've seen all season long. You know, our kids had some recall from last year. We've we've done a um, worked it in fall camp, worked it throughout the season, uh, kept up with it there. But it's just you know you got to get all into it. You got to dive head first into it and be ready to go. So. You just it takes a few days to kind of get really comfortable with it and then once they do they picked up on it pretty pretty well and just you know got to keep working keep preparing because you can't you can't get enough reps before saturday at all the different looks you're going to see all right there is blake carroll uh he knows what's coming this week now it's just a matter of can you stop it and it's called an option for a reason coach there's different things they can do out of it they're going to run the ball but could be quarterback could be fullback could be pitch man and you know, how as a defense do you get ready for all that that you're going to face? Well, what I tried to explain to my guys is, you know, the first thing you got to do is you got to stop the fullback. Okay, so now if if they hand it to the fullback, say an A gap, you got a nose guard and either a three technique and an inside linebacker. Those three guys have to defeat those blockers and make that play. <coughs> Excuse me. The defensive end or the end man on the line of scrimmage, he's got to, you know, close with the down block, hold, and he's got to play the quarterback. Somebody in the secondary has to take the pitch man. Now, the, those guys in the secondary are getting blocked too, whereas the the defensive end's not getting blocked usually because he's, you know, they're optioning him. So, you know, sometimes if he's if he's uh you know if he's slow playing the quarterback and he gets too wide the quarterback dips up and gets five or six yards if he closes to the quarterback too quick the ball's pitched now the secondary's got it they got to react much much faster with yeah. a blocker on uh but it's you know they want a one-on-one they want the guy with the ball to be one-on-one against a corner or against the safety and they feel like they're going to win that more than they lose it. Yeah, and again, talking to Kevin Monroe, cornerback, I asked him, you know, is it just all about kind of being prepared for them to hit you over the top? And he said, no, it's about having two chin straps and two mouth guards because you're going to have to tackle. You're going to get blocked, and you're going to have to tackle more than you usually do in a regular Saturday. Well, usually I would line up and, and 
you know, it, I, I would teach those corners, you know, of course you work on it all year, it's the stalk block. But now Navy, the thing about what Navy does, which you don't see, is they've got three different blocking schemes that they use on the secondary. Sometimes it's just a one-on-one block. The, the wide receiver blocks the corner, <clears throat> okay? And the number two guy or the tailback blocks the safety. Then all of a sudden, that, <clears throat> that wide receiver that's blocking the safety or the corner now cracks the safety, and the arc comes on the corner. So there's a lot of different ways they block you, and, you know, you just have to be ready for that, and that's tough to work on all that stuff when you don't see it every week. We've seen Navy have some really good quarterbacks over the years, Keenan Reynolds and uh, comes to mind, but it was, let's see, Coach, uh, November 6, 2010, you were having fun in the sun down in Tampa. You had just left. Navy comes in here. First year, Ruffin McNeil, and put 76 points on the Pirates. You say you got to stop the fullback. I'll never forget his name, Alexander Teach. I had to look up his yards 14 carries, 157 yards, and a touchdown. And he was just running, coaching wide open lanes right up the middle of the field. So if that's the first thing you got to do, the Pirates didn't do it on that day. But again, we it, it hasn't just been always the fullback. We've been hurt by the quarterbacks, the pitch man, all of the above. So uh east carolina's got to be ready for it all you know and i went against navy's you know i didn't win but one or two times but uh you know we always kept it kind of close and i can remember <laughs> i did it every year and then you can ask donnie kirpatrick i know he'll remember i would walk into the offensive staff room on monday morning and i'd say guys it's a simple game y'all have to score one more point than they do for us to win and they'd all look at me like is he crazy i said no y'all got to score one more than they do because guess what we ain't shutting them out <laughs> you're going to warn them for beforehand and you know what that, that's been a problem as much as navy has scored on east carolina ecu's offense has to hold up their end of the bargain because there have been so many times where navy go gets the ball Goes seven-minute drive, touchdown. It's 7 nothing. East Carolina, three and out. They get it. First quarter's over, and then to start the second quarter, they score another one. And when you're down 10 or 14 to Navy, it's like being down 17-21 to a regular team. Right? <clears throat> See, one reason Navy's not winning, I happened to check that, because time of possession is so important. Mm-hmm. They're only averaging 32 minutes a game for them that's really low right that's low because usually they're in the 40s yeah you know so they're eight nine minutes uh behind schedule and if they keep the football and that's something that we always told the offense or they realized it okay in a normal game your offense is going to get 12 chances 12 you know possessions to go score Mm -hmm. when you're playing navy it's about six right cut in half yeah so the the offense has to be much more productive than they are against anybody else yeah how about last week coach against memphis east carolina uh oh. speaking of ball control 40 40 about 43 to 17 yeah i mean incredible third downs which east carolina struggled with all year 18 of 26 for the offense yeah. defense did their part four of 11 for memphis so Look, if East Carolina can have that kind of ball control against Navy, yeah. uh, we'll be doing so. It's almost like uh, – I don't know if he, if the the offense feels pressure to 
kind of go score quickly against navy but sometimes that maybe you just want to get into the game they're playing that's what i used to tell them say i want nothing but 12 play tries. yeah yeah <laughs> keep, keep the me ball. off field. there but, you go see i circle that we had the ball 42 minutes and 47 seconds Man. last week and yeah. memphis had it 17 minutes 13 well you should win you know yeah and then total plays they only had 53 plays we had a hundred and two plays that's crazy xavier smith ecu linebacker when we talked to him monday said i felt like i won't on the field that much and then they went in the halftime locker room and they said all right guys you you ran 19 defensive plays yeah and he's like that's crazy yeah. so uh you talk about helping out a defense that's how you do it right there that is yeah well if we can do that this week yeah let's uh take a time out shirley we'll come back we'll have more ecu navy talk with coach rick smith as he joins us here hour one on pirate radio live we'll be back with more after this listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by tommy's express car wash come experience the difference at tommy's now open at the corner of greenville boulevard and red banks road doesn't your car deserve it visit tommy's express car wash today now back to the show welcome back vacation spots are right here in your very own backyard Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. <laughs> They get oh, no, we're back, Coach. We're back. We're talking football with Rick Smith. He's got a lot to talk about with this Navy game. <laughs> he got a lot to say. East Carolina Navy Pirates are a four-point favorite coming up on uh, Saturday, 3.30. We'll be with you 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We heard Blake Harrell's comment a moment ago saying it's really tough to replicate what they do at practice and to be ready for it for multiple reasons. One, QB fullback pitch man but two coach you were saying during the break you with the scout team they can do all they can but you don't want guys diving at your defensive lineman's legs at practice so what they do on the field game day blocking you don't really do it at practice right you don't feel it till the the game kicks off yeah you can't because you'll lose a kid but you know they're going to drive like like if i'm the I'm the defensive tackle, and I'm lined up over the offensive guard, okay? That offensive guard of theirs is going to come off, and he's going to hit me in the mouth, slide his head to the outside, and that offensive tackle is going to come straight for my knee. That's a double-team block, which is illegal. That is, uh, what do they call it, a chop block, right? Chop block. And if that happens in a, a game in a regular offense on a regular Saturday, it'll be called. I've seen it called. Yeah. But – you said you know is it called against navy very seldom and you you know as a as a coach you the coach up in the press box sees it and i've done it i said uh call time out and get the official over and tell him they're chop blocking our kids they'll do that they'll come over and the head coach tells the official hey you're chop blocking my kids or they are i need it called they'll call it one time they'll quit doing it and for three or four plays and then get right back to it it again and they won't call it because the officials 
the Navy coaches know the officials aren't going to call it every time because the game would last for 15 hours. <laughs> it's like holding. They say you could call holding on every play or like uh, you could call a foul on every play, but you yeah, don't you do could. it. You, you, you know. So uh, one of those things the Pirates are going to have to deal with. And uh, they, I always hear, I've heard you say it too, Coach, that the, the week after a Navy game, as far as getting over – the blocking and everything you feel is a little different than a normal week, right? Getting over the the physicality of the game. Yeah, because you know for the whole week, you know you've worked on run block, and now all of a sudden you're you're going to play a normal opponent. That's a one back, spread you out, mm-hmm. sling it. Uh, so now they have to mentally, you have to re- retrain your mind to go back and get ready for the other stuff. It's uh, it's a tough part of the season for East Carolina. The good news is they are riding high after the win over Memphis. Uh, Coach, how are you, uh, you feeling about this Navy matchup? You were going over some common opponents. Navy's best win of the year was UCF, uh, but four common opponents for East Carolina and Navy. Uh, they played Marshall right out of the yeah. gate, and surprisingly, uh, Marshall took it to them. Marshall beat them 49-7, yeah. to seven, you know, beat them by 42 and we were able to escape Marshall yeah. with, the, with the victory. Uh, Houston, you said, was a common opponent. Houston able to beat both of these teams. Yeah. Uh, UCF, again, their best win, and the Pirates uh, had a narrow defeat right. to UCF, and then uh, Memphis the other, I think. Right. So, so what do you think about these teams stacking up? I think we can win the game, but our offense is going to have to score more than more than 30. More than 30. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm saying, you know, high 20s, I mean, it's just hard to shut them out. Yeah. Uh, and what you, what you hope is you don't lose one of your best defensive linemen early, you know, to a knee injury. I don't mean a season-ending ending knee injury, but, you know, you get in the chop block and the kid gets hurt and, you know, he can't go back in. It's just, you know, it's just tough to – it's just tough, you know, those blocking schemes that you see one time a year you hate to even talk about it in this way but it is reality with with injuries and everything this is about the deepest we've seen the east carolina defensive line probably since the greg hudson rick smith skip holtz days here at ecu so that is a positive east carolina has i mean you hope you don't have to go to your your third defensive tackle or things like that but in this game you, you might have to well what i've seen is is that we basically play four you know, defense. We're too deep when I don't know which ones is the starters. They play about the same mm-hmm. normal number of reps. Uh, and, you know, you just – to get the speed of the game and the blocking schemes are so much different than what you can replicate at practice. And, you know, if we can, you know, hang in there the first quarter, kids get the – they get the feel of the game and the speed of the game then we'll have a chance to win it Uh, offense can't turn the ball over you know they gotta and like i used to tell donnie kirkpatrick i said we need uh 15 20 play drives (laughs) oh that i wanted to ask you about this coach so last week east carolina gets that uh go-ahead touchdown with a minute and change on the clock they could have ran more time off the clock to help out their defense now, I think Mike Houston and Holt Naylor's kind of explained it well after the game that all week they talked about how good Memphis is down in the red zone, down inside the five. And Holt Naylor's also brought up that they like to line up late. He, he said they like to steal signals, basically. 
he said they don't show you what you're they're going to do until the last second they'll get on the line and, and line up so he wanted to go as fast as he possibly could down there they get the touchdown could have ran you know another 25 30 seconds off the clock but didn't what did you you know as a defensive guy what were you thinking i was wanting them to i said what are they doing (laughs) i mean they could have the game could almost ended yeah you know but they i'm glad they knew what they were doing yeah and and look it kind of cost them because memphis was able to go down kick a field goal go to overtime i'm just curious coach so when you're up in the in the boxes are you around the offensive coaches too in some places are you usually they're you know like the defensive i was always on the right side and the, they're sitting right there by you usually you, you ever look down and say hey what hey slow yeah. it down yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that I'd, I'd love to see a video of that and sometimes they're telling us what to do you know too. right yeah you know hey. get a damn stop yeah <laughs> slow them down all right let's uh head to the fixed nc live line we got mitchell and winston salem who has a question for coach smith hello mitchell hey coach uh question about the chop blocking thing i i've heard about this for years and navy is supposed to have, have honor and respect as their two key components now how do they justify trying to hurt another team's player on purpose well, I don't think they're trying to hurt him on purpose, but they feel like because of what they're, you know, the offensive scheme that they run, and usually, you know, their offensive line averages six foot two, 280 pounds. For them to have a chance, you know, they're going to have to do some double team blocks. And, you know, the way you teach the double team block is, uh, you know, one guy's going to hit him high and one guy's going to hit him low, but the low blocker should be hitting him in the thigh instead of below the knee. Uh, but, you know, all the film I broke down all those years, very few times did they block my kids above the knee. <laughs> so I don't know if they were coaching it or, you know, supposedly it just happened. Hitting a high block and a low block at the same time, is that not illegal? Yes, it is. Well, then, do you think Coach Houston would consider returning the favor? I doubt it. Yeah. I just think Coach Houston's, you know, he's... Like you said, uh, what you got to do is talk to the officials, say, hey, what the hell, you know, look at what's happening and and try to get some calls, right? I will tell a story if we got a minute. Yes, sir. I love it. When Greg Hudson was here, I don't know y'all remember Greg, but he was pretty, you know, he could lose his temper pretty quick. (laughs) But I don't know. We were playing Navy, and, and they were chop-blocking our kids. And I remember him calling timeout, and Skip got mad at him for wasting the timeout. But he went out on the field mm. and told the officials, he, you either stop it or I'm going to cut your offensive guys with my defensive guys. And I'm going to do it before the ball snap. <laughs> I mean, he was and he was pointing at the Navy coaches, yelling at them. And I was sitting over there thinking, we're going to get thrown out of the park here by the officials. But guess what? It worked. Yeah. They, uh, the officials went over and talked to the Navy coaches, and it was a pretty straight game after that. Hmm. Anything else, Mitchell? Well, I, I tell you, I, I used to have the world to respect for our service academies, but here in mess like this, this, this is something that some chief, no nothing team from the hood does you know that's that's just crazy because you get a guy 
on the right spots, you're going to tear his ACL. You know, you, you're going to put him out for the year. And and and, and I, don't, I don't want to hear that, that they got short offensive linemen. Who cares? Well, when you watch the game on TV, watch just just pay attention to Navy's offensive line and see if it's happening. I've been retired four years. Uh, haven't looked at any film on Navy. I know they're still running the same offense, uh, same head coach. But uh, I would imagine they're still doing it. Look, Mitchell, I'm not a military man, but sometimes you got to cut corners on the battlefield, too, to get the win. So, you know. Support the troops, Mitchell. <laughs> you got to love the troops, man. All right. All right. Well, let's go, Pirates. All right, man. Amen. There's uh, Mitchell in Winston Salem. He's ready to give up on uh, the U.S. military because of <laughs> the cut blocks going on on the field. I did uh, want to ask Coach, though. Yeah. He was mentioning so, were y'all at Navy when this happened, or is this here? This was here. Oh, okay. I, I, if it was up there, I mean, it could have been a, a, a national security situation. <laughs> Y'all are, you know, you, it's a, it's a, it's tough when you're up there. Well, I don't remember. I want to. We, I know we played them in y'all's era there. I don't remember playing them here. It might have been there. You it sure it was been. here? I was thinking it was here, but I could be wrong. It was like 2007. It was the first game of the season one year, and you guys played them down to a uh, one possession game. Yeah. Um. You know, I've coached so many games and sometimes <laughs> so many places. years. And speaking of that, coach, the uh, do you, as a coach, I'm, I'm assuming you just don't even phase you at all. As a football fan, I love the pageantry and tradition and the bands and the scenery and all that. Do you ever have you ever kind of got caught up into that, looking around, especially like maybe a place like Navy Army, or is it just another football field to you? You know, I get chill bumps when you talk about that because I, 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 every game I ever coached when I was in the press box, you know, I always loved being in the press box because when they would play the national anthem, and I have seen some beautiful. I meant like you're you're in the Tennessee press box and you got your hand over your heart. They're playing the national anthem, and you're looking to the east, and there's the river. And there's all the boats that the people came, you know, to, came in to see the game. Uh, I'm at. Uh, I can remember being in uh, at Iowa State. What a beautiful view, you know, looking out of their press box, uh, and just that was the thrill uh, of being in the press box was when they played the national anthem and you got your hand over your heart and you're just looking at some of the views. Yeah. I mean, like and I always loved playing at Georgia Tech because you know, downtown Atlanta and all the skyscrapers and you got stories from Bama. Yeah, from I Bama. remember all those. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, the because I was in the press box for a lot of years. You see a lot of things. Yeah. That's neat that you could take a moment, even when you're about to go into a, a huge game like that. To... Well, when they played the national anthem, I would look out and just uh, as soon as the national anthem was over, I'd lower my head and would shut my eyes and I'd say a quick prayer for yeah. my kids. There you go. Players. That's awesome. Rick Smith joining us today inside the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, maybe we need to get Coach Hud a, a field pass for the game this week. <laughs> Keep everybody. I don't know. Mike Houston, uh, he can get a little fiery too at times. So uh, if, if something is going on uh, against his kids, he's going to look out for them. Yeah, he will. I know you that. got Big John, the <laughs> street coach, coach out yeah, there. Yeah, we got some guys that can, yeah. uh, can hopefully police things. I wouldn't want to scrap with Blake Harrell. No, nah, he's a little. He's, I, I bet he's a. It would be like. A, I bet he's a dirty fighter. It'd he's, be like fighting like a, a, one of those Frenchy, like one of those yeah. bulldogs. Most like those shorter short guys like Coach Smith fight dirty. Am I right or wrong, Coach? I just always fought to win. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
All right, Rick Smith joining us says the Pirates need to get into the upper 20s, 30s to win this game against Navy. Then it's on to Cincinnati, Coach, and we will not uh, talk to you next week. I do have a Thanksgiving-related question for you, but Cincinnati, that's a huge opportunity. ABC, 330 at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and uh, you just hope they can get past this one. And, man, what a uh, what a game that could be for the Pirates, Coach. Could be, and, you know, it's uh... – that's why they keep score. You never know. You know, Cincinnati struggled here the last couple yeah. of weeks. I mean, yeah. they're not just beating people by 50 points like they've been. I guess, the, you know, they, they won last week by, what, seven? The week before, maybe by ten. And, I mean, they've Beat been, Navy by seven? You know, so, you know, if we win this one, you know, you play them one at a time. But, you know, we win this one, we'll see what happens next week. But that would be, you know, let's just win this one and get that seventh win. And, you know, whatever happens – you know happens the next week but if we can get this one i mean it's a great year coach what are your uh thanksgiving plans just we'll be here with family uh my daughter lives here you know she's she's got four kids so my four grand well one of my grandkids is a manager football yeah, manager kentucky. at kentucky so he'll be up there uh we went up there a couple of weeks ago for a game and uh you know he's really doing well you know he i've mentioned this before but i'm so proud of him he he graduated from uh, South Central High School here, 4.7 GPA. He's, wow. on, he's on an academic scholarship. He's a lot like I am. He's very intelligent. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I ask everybody this, Coach. What is your go to if you could only pick one? It's tough to do, but your favorite side dish at Thanksgiving? What's your all time favorite? My all time favorite is uh, turkey dressing with the dressing. gravy. Man can't beat it my mama could make it man it was good my wife's pretty good at it too <laughs> you better say better that better say that or i won't get any <laughs> yeah my grandma's dressing it's not stuffing it's dressing is yes. uh it's my favorite is my go-to that as was well. mine all right coach well thanks for joining us today man and oh. uh, we won't see you next week but we'll we'll talk to you the week after okay we'll just you know we'll talk before then on the phone okay and also uh get some good hawaii bowl stories ready i want to know what y'all did in hawaii because we might go back again this year yeah good we got some options so uh we'll talk about some bowl memories from uh coach smith when we reconvene in a couple weeks thank you coach there's rick smith joining us today inside the pirate radio studios we'll take a time out come back have more for you hour one of pirate radio live hour three we will make you a winner got a 12 pack of Bushlight apple going your way on a free beer friday more to go on pirate radio live we're back with you after this Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews along with wine and growlers. 
The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, watching some hoops. The Bonnies are getting worked down 12 to Clemson. 49 to 37, 51 to 37. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard as uh, things not going the Bonnie's way in this one. Pirates playing tonight, 7.30 against Old Dominion. East Carolina uh, hung with Oklahoma last night. Thanks to all who joined us on the watch along. Uh, Chandler and I had a lot of fun with that. And uh, looks like you folks did too. We enjoyed uh doing that last night in the pirate radio studios and uh, we'll have another one of those at some point uh maybe this basketball season but uh that was a lot of fun and i'm trying to find let's see davidson right now they are in the tournament down in myrtle beach uh, with east carolina they have a five point lead over Penn with uh 14 19 left to go in the ball game so davidson a winner there um utah state won earlier today uh kind of a surprising score they blew out new mexico state 85 to 58 so new mexico state a potential opponent for east carolina uh, at the end of this thing and uh the pirates will play tonight oklahoma uh, will be in action coming up later this afternoon the winner uh last night against the pirates as they will take on indiana state the sycamores coming up down at Myrtle Beach. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update presented by Da Buck. All right, let's head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to Greeny. Mark Greenheld just mentioned his Clemson Tigers a moment ago. Right now, beating St. Bonaventure uh, 51-42. to And Greeny, your Clemson Tigers football team, has a big one tomorrow because mathematically, they need to beat Wake Forest tomorrow and then Wake lose to Boston College and Dabo and Clemson could somehow find their way in the ACC championship despite everything that's happened this year, right? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Cincinnati looking to get into the playoff. That's, we kind of need like the perfect storm to happen, so not not getting my hopes up. Uh, <laughs> the big thing is that like the 33-game home win streak on the line is, is the big thing. And uh, they play a good team, Greeny. I mean, Wake Forest has kind of boring and unassuming as they are overall plays maybe the most fun offense you'll see in the country and clemson has been able to smother them in years past now if if wake forest can score the question is can clemson's offense keep up with them so kind of a fascinating matchup coming up at death valley tomorrow noon yeah it should be i was kind of surprised it was a noon game uh thought it might be like a three thirty game uh like right in the middle of the day but it's going to be interesting to see and again, like you said, I think it comes down to Clemson's offense. I mean, Clemson's defense is represented well. I mean, Georgia, the opening game of the season, only scored three points uh, offensively on Clemson, and, and Clemson's defense done a really good job, even with some of the injuries that they've had. And it's going to really come down to DJ. Can DJ actually complete enough passes to move the Clemson offense to score some points to get out in front of Wake Forest? That remains to be seen. Even last week, uh, playing against UConn, he was still struggling and, and missing throws and, and not making throws on time. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Greeny, uh, and, and one more question on Clemson football going into the year. Spencer Rattler, DJ, these guys were looked at as Heisman contenders and, and certainly have not played up to that in this 2021 season. What does the uh, future look like at the quarterback position 
for Clemson. DJ still young guys he looked at as the future, or are there other options uh, coming up in 2022 for Dabo? Well, what's been the talk on that? Um, we've got a kid, Cade Klubnik, out of uh, Texas that is uh, – I've seen him anywhere from a top three to a top five quarterback. Um, he's considered a dual-threat quarterback. He's only 6'2", maybe uh, you know, 195 pounds, but apparently he can sling it all over the yard and and uh, and he can run the ball as well. So uh, maybe it's more like a uh, maybe more like a Deshaun Watson type offense gets run, um, where he's a little bit more of a slippery guy when he's running the ball um, and not quite as tall and and uh, has a pretty good arm. So uh, it'll remain to be seen what happens with DJ and. Uh, they are thin at quarterback. Um, you know, Taysen has obviously not done enough to show that he could take over the job from DJ. So, uh, again, we've had a lot of transfers uh, out of Clemson from a quarterback standpoint, and it's showing up right now. Mark Greenelge, Golf Shop Radio Show. You can hear it every uh, Saturday to 10 a.m. here on Pirate Radio. Got another show coming up tomorrow morning. And, Greeny, uh, tell us what we need to know about the RSM Classic going on right now. What's going on in the world of golf as we speak? Well, uh, this is one of those events where you kind of you get an okay feel just because there's a bunch of tour players that live down in, uh, in Sea Island, Georgia. They call them the, the, the mafia down there, and Davis Love is one of those mafia, and everybody likes to, that lives down there likes to show out for, for Davis Love. So you get, you get some, some good players. Um, you know, so it's going to be an okay field right now. you got uh, Taylor Gooch leading uh, John Ha. And Taylor Moore, who uh, got an ace on the 17th hole today, first time that there's ever been an ace during competition on the 17th hole. Uh, so we got that going for us. Of course, I think everybody's looking forward to the great match, and there's been a, already a little bit of Twitter war going on between Brooks and, uh, and Bryson. So uh, they're, I guess they're trying to, to create the, uh, the disdain that we all thought had disappeared <laughs> at the Ryder Cup. Got to build it back up, right? Talking to Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show. Joining us today, Greeny, uh, what should we look forward to hearing on Saturday morning's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show coming up tomorrow? Well, as always, we'll have our man Bill Bender. We'll check in with Rex Hoggard, who will be uh, live on site down in Sea Island, Georgia. Maybe he'll give us a little preview of what he thinks is going to happen with the big match. Um, and then with the Panthers uh, hosting the Washington Redskins, we are going to talk to the great Joe Theismann. Oh wow! So we got yeah. So that's always an interesting conversation with Joe. And then um, we've got a. Uh, I don't think we've picked out who it is yet, but we're going to get a a, a report from down at uh, the LPGA Championship. So um, we'll get an update from them going on as they have their grand finale for their season and some low scoring on the LPGA Tour. Yeah, uh, and I, I forgot to bring that up with you. Ron Rivera returning to Charlotte. I am a Washington fan. As I, I try as hard as I can, Greeny, I'll be honest, I hadn't watched the last two or three games. I've kind of given up on them, as I tend to do every year. But a lot of intrigue for this week with Rivera, but that's being overshadowed, of course, by the return of Cam. And uh, I thought Matt Rule used him great. We'll talk about it a lot in hour two today, but... Uh, I'm sure that's getting headlines there in Charlotte. Cam Newton's return and and being productive in that return against Arizona. Yeah, well, what do you have? Eight or nine snaps, and uh, that for me, that's the way you use Cam Newton. I mean, 
I'm a New England Patriots fan, got to watch him play for New England last year, and it was abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was, there was a reason why there were 61 quarterbacks that started a game in, or played a game in the NFL before Cam Newton got signed. So, um, you know, the good news for Cam and, and the Panthers is that Chase Young is out for the season on the Washington defensive side of the ball. So a little more freedom maybe to do and a little more time, but – Man, last year, Cam just did not show that he had anywhere near the running ability he used to have, and his uh, throwing ability was still suspect. So uh, we'll see what happens as he, uh, in theory, gets the start on Sunday. Greeny, good stuff, man. We will uh, check you out Saturday, 8 to 10, right here on Pirate Radio, and uh, talk to you next Friday. This is my last uh, chat with you before Thanksgiving. Actually, we won't talk to you next Friday. It'll be an ECU game day. Maybe we'll check in with you during the Bud Light pregame tailgate, Greeny. But last time I'll talk to you before Thanksgiving, so I got to ask you, what's your all-time favorite Thanksgiving Day side dish, if you can only choose one? Ooh, see, I don't even make turkey for for Thanksgiving anymore. I make an authentic uh, lasagna. Mm, uh, good call. I'm going with on Thursday, and uh, got to start preparing, uh, getting the ingredients going in the next few days. Heck yeah, I like that. Greeny, good stuff, man. We'll uh, talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, Cliff. Have a good one. Have a good Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you. And uh, and we'll talk to Tony Dunn here in a second, who has an Italian family, and I think they go that lasagna route too. I got to get my country family to embrace the uh the lasagna side of thanksgiving i uh, love the traditional plate don't get me wrong but i'm also a big buffet guy i like to pick and choose different stuff so what you got shirley see i i did you know I, i'm hearing people i hear the classics you know the yams sweet potato casserole the classics the classics uh, where are my collards where are my collared folks at yeah where are my collared folks at <laughs> i gotta have collards on thanksgiving Glenn, you're a big collard. What do you think? I am. I am from the from the town of Kinston, which has the Kinston collards. Have you ever heard uh, that used as a term? Like that guy's a collard. No, I think it just no, means never, like never country, like just Bubba, like yeah, like, Bama, whatever. Yeah, he's a collard, which um, I would take as a compliment. I was going to say Green was talking about his lasagna. So, for my birthday every year, I do not ask for a cake i asked for lasagna you know it's crazy uh my favorite two meals when i was growing up in my household was lasagna and chicken casserole and i would ask for that for my birthday meal yeah i mean i want like candles on my lasagna like hey, it's that's where I'm. i at. like that that's a good idea and uh was never really a big cake guy either we went the uh just decided to go with the cookie cake deal where it's kind of easy and i don't even need the i i need, but it, I need I the lasagna bro. Yeah. like I, I need the lasagna i need some nice garlic bread yeah i mean why do we got Salad. we can go against uh societal norms when it comes to food one of my favorite family get-togethers ever for christmas we did uh like a taco spread hmm. and it was just different for thanksgiving like, no for christmas oh, christmas. oh okay christmas, okay christmas for christmas uh we're not getting out of thanksgiving without doing the turkey celebrating jesus's birthday yes. with some tacos yes not we a bad idea <laughs> it, was, it was a fun time it was a good time it was a uh, fiesta siesta <laughs> we'll, talk, uh, nice. we'll talk some thanksgiving food uh with tony dunn next hour we will talk about cam getting in the end zone did tony cry was there a, a tear running down his jaw as cam newton scored not one but uh also was involved with the passing touchdown last week they got my football team this week we will make some picks i've been crying looking at the picks i've been making uh we will talk about last night briefly because what a terrible game and have a lot more for you when we return on pirate radio live bonnie's down six 
trying to fight back against the Clemson Tigers. 9.05 left to go in the second half. We're back with more after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When your AC or heater needs repairing or replacing, call on the reliable service professionals of Delcor Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Go to DelcorInc.com or give them a call at 252-321-8868. Delcor, the service professionals in Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. Uh, I was talking to Greeny a moment ago. His Clemson Tigers were up 14 on St. Bonaventure. The Bonnies are up too. That happened really fast. Uh, so they are playing down in Charleston. And right now, St. Bonaventure uh, has a lead as they are playing into the second half. A quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update. The tournament going on down at Myrtle Beach, which includes East Carolina. Uh, we'll get a quick update on that score. And Davidson is playing. And Davidson is winning. 52 to 44 with 850 left to go they are playing pin in that one so uh east carolina will play tonight 7 30 coming up next from myrtle beach it'll be oklahoma taking on indiana state quick look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck tony dunn mr panther is here how many how much college basketball have you watched this year tony um i've watched a couple people watch college basketball and that's about it <laughs> okay tony was tuning to the watch along um are you sour at all no not at all you're not a basketball guy i'm trying to be you're a friend I'm trying to you're be a uh ecu basketball fan i know well, are you gonna come to a game in 213 this year i would love to okay we'll, maybe we'll, i'll get an invite we'll get you in there you'll definitely <laughs> get an invite and uh Tony's a ground floor guy. Wants That's to get right. in I at the ground floor. You want to be there before it was cool to be there. That's exactly right. So, um, Which is every year. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Will it ever be cool to be in Menjis? One day. One I day. mean, it was cool during the like Bill Harry in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, it was cool then. Yeah. Because uh, those big teams would roll in and EC beat would Memphis. beat those yeah. big teams. Yeah. Louisville, Marquette. Yep. Those There's were, been uh, moments. Right. They're very fleeting. They are. When that place is hot, though, it's so much fun. I it's feel like so we, loud. Yeah. The energy. The last time I think we had it was like one of those a top ranked Wichita State came in here. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. We were at that game. Yeah. We were. All of us were at that game, and it was it was packed and it was hot there. It was it was it was it was. It's a different environment, man. It really changes it for the team. We'll get that this year when Memphis comes here, especially if they play like I think they are, because they have uh two of the top players in the country uh that joined that team and they are already in the top 15 ish so if they keep winning sure they could be a top and 10 you get team the marquee of penny hardway penny rashid oh my gosh i forgot larry brown i don't really care about like anything else with Memphis rashid. now but yeah 
people are going to show up just to see Ross so like G. after Wallace. the team can i'm going to i'm going to ask and see if we can get instead of interviewing penny after the game get rashid i want to talk to rashid i that's who i need to talk to 16-0 st bonaventure run folks let's go tony did you cry yeah uh, yeah i think so <laughs> i mean for real like i mean i, I remember you know seeing that. not one of your tweets but like another tweet was a panther fan that said it's just all caps i can't feel my face <laughs> like like it was just total joy So speaking of basketball tony i was at Minji's. i got so fired up about the ecu in saturday i was like you know what i'm i got the pirate pride flowing i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch basketball during the nfl sunday checking my my phone for scores see the panthers are up seven nothing click on how they did it cam newton rushing touchdown i'm like oh my god are you kidding me and then, what is tony dunn doing right at this moment and then uh there was the passing touchdown i mean two plays two touchdowns um i'm back the vibe i'm okay. back i still don't understand why he got flagged for that he took his helmet off yeah. it's the rule is that what it is that. the helmet the is emmett that? smith rule okay emmett smith used to score take his helmet off i don't know why it's a flag they don't want to see you shine yeah, it's all about the shield, the uniform, yeah. the star. It's not about yeah. the face, the yeah. person. So that's the flag. So it was the helmet. Okay. Yeah. Can't take wondering. the helmet off. Um, yeah, I felt like, uh, you know that uh, GIF where it's like, uh, it's like one of these little Pikachu things or whatever, and the what, the eye just wells up really <laughs> big and slow. That's how kind of it felt when. The Michael Scott the GIF where he's uh, he's like, smile crying <laughs> yeah. like he's a proud a proud dad uh no i'm happy for you man that's great and and kudos to matt rule and joe brady right for the way they they worked them back in like that was perfect right? yeah i mean it it seemed that uh and, and really shout out to pj walker for for playing well uh in that game because pj led this team down the field looked pretty capable made a couple of errors at times and then they were able to call a much more diverse game plan it felt like than they had with sam darnold it really felt like uh maybe joe brady was just distrustful of sam i mean and obviously so i mean or we could see why so i mean things kind of opened up naturally even without cam hmm. and then they added cam in this situation the situationally and it just comes out this is that I even heard this greeny guy when I was driving here with the cam slander. Oh, I knew he was oh, going to hit you. God. I was hoping I you was, didn't hear it. I know. I was like, what are you talking about? He he was the only part of your office. He was like, he didn't run like he used to. Shoot, he had like 800 rushing yards last year, man. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> On Tony. a bad team. I know. Tony, by himself. You, by himself. You spent, if your job was to... Uh, just come back at cam slander it would be a full-time job it's like you would never like, get any sleep I, it's been like that my whole like the last 10 years <laughs> the last weeks had to be pretty intense but uh you know yeah he, he came in there and um and was able i think he's the best person to ever run the run pass option like uh, like even more like even more than like a like a, a like legends like steve young yeah because he's like a tight end i mean and he so decides okay. but he does it well like he knows when to tuck it he knows when to give it and he holds it to the last second there's not a lot of exchange problems so i think that he's arguably the best to ever run that single play so you were talking about pj walker i kind of like the concept of using pj walker as a pre-red zone quarterback <laughs> And like then the you, 20s, 20 and then, to 20. 20 to 20. Then you bring in the and closer. then you bring in the full quarterback, the big guy, 
I think they to should, run the RPO. Yeah, and I think they should run Cam out uh, as a wide receiver on a couple of plays like that. Are where you, you try, get PJ throwing it to are him. Are you trying to do like Oh, my the, God. Tony. Are you trying to get like the – I always, when I think of that, I think of when they would put Julius Peppers in at wide receiver, <laughs> after, like in the Steve Smith injury season. Right. Well, hey, uh, you know, look, Cam's back. Look, um, Sunday, Bank of America is going to be rocking. It and is. I tell you this, is that just two weeks ago, I would have expected it to be completely burgundy. Yeah. And I was talking to a Washington football fan uh, this week, and he said, it's funny because they don't, Washington football fans don't show up to a FedEx stadium, but they'll show up at other stadiums. Yeah. Right. It's weird that way. <laughs> and, and Bank of America is definitely one of those with all the old leftover Redskins yeah. fans around uh, here. So it's going to be loud. Taylor Heineke is going to have to be operating on the silent count pretty much, I'm, I'm guessing. And uh, I think they're ready to... Well, they they said they're going to start Cam. Uh, They gave Cam a little bit more work last week than I even expected. You know, he took a downfield shot and he he ran a couple of passing plays. Uh, So I think they're they're really going to be building this game plan around Cam Newton. Well, we've gone about 10 minutes. We hadn't mentioned Christian McCaffrey's name. We probably should. He had 23 touches last week. He's back. And that is a huge factor to all this, too. I mean, the Cam story is great and all that, but... Healthy McCaffrey is what makes it all go, right? And that it's going to make it a lot easier for Cam. Yeah. You know, is that he is the – Christian McCaffrey still when, is the best running back in the league. Um, the problem is, is he hasn't been on the field entirely or uh, consistently. But he looked fantastic against Arizona. Uh, two of those touchdowns that – really, Cam, like Cam even said in his press conference, he was eating the leftover scraps that Christian McCaffrey gave him because McCaffrey got down to the one – and the two-yard line twice. I mean, he was running with purpose, and, I mean, he looked uh, excited. Everybody looked excited. Uh, looked like a rejuvenated Carolina Panther team. Now, you were playing a hobbled Arizona Cardinals Yeah, team, you can't so. overlook that, but, hey, uh, they, they dominated. But yeah, they were they not did. hobbled on defense. Oh, I pointed this out to uh, Chandler. Every time y'all play the Cardinals, they we end up them. with some trash bag quarterback we've never heard of. <laughs> that was a playoff <laughs> game, and I think he said, was it Lindley? Yeah, I think that's who it I was. I want to say Ryan like, Lindley. Ryan Lindley, John Skelton came to mind. Yeah. Like every y'all never played the Cardinals good players. So I I think it's all payback for the Dale Holm interception game against the Cardinals. Oh, that's right. What the six? There were yeah. six. Oh, of, that yeah. was a playoff game so, on a Saturday night. I yeah, remember that. That is uh that's one of those things where it's the Thanos what did it cost everything <laughs> moment. <laughs> You know, you know, you're right. I bet a lot of Panthers fans, when they think Cardinals go right to that That's moment, where I go. For I, some reason, I think about, like, the awful playoff game at Bank of America where we all blew them, dominated uh, after that DeLone game. So That would have been – was that the 20 – that was the 2014 season, I think. That's where we went seven, eight, and one. Ron Rivera, you know, backed in like a wild card. And got no, we won them. the division. Yeah, we hosted them. But uh, I think Colin Kaepernick was hurt. That's what, that's why um, not not Colin Kaepernick who who was their starter Carson Alex Smith. Palmer oh. oh yeah it would have been Carson Palmer because then Palmer. next year 2015 oh, that's Cardinals. the time I think about yes. it is smoking them in the NFC Championship game oh they were there. actually good that year yeah. too right yeah yeah all right uh, Tony Dunn here hanging out in the Pirate Radio studios what's been the uh, there's so much Cam stuff going on for good reason and excitement now. How much Rivera talk has there been this week, Tony? You know, I um, 
I think there's been a good amount. In fact, Cam's been trying to temper that storyline of them going head-to-head against each other. And people have asked, like, you know, does Ron Rivera have a file on Cam Newton, how to defend him? Ron Rivera is – this game means a lot to him. Uh, And I think it means more to him than it probably should. Like, he is kind of irritated by the way things things ended. Yeah, Yeah, things ended in Carolina. He – I listened to his I did a reaction video to his press conference where he calls Charlotte Media they do the whatever the conference call and he really just did not have a lot of great things to say about Cam it was like he was like searching Uh, I saw a quote that was kind of like they asked him like what what was um, like some of your most important moments I mean we're talking about a guy that took you to the Super Bowl MVP season saved your job maybe two or three times uh, allows you to play a game uh, like a game plan that kind of doesn't work in the NFL anymore which is defense heavy run heavy um, not build on any invest anything in the offensive line or on the on the offense in general so like Cam really they were married together for a long time and uh, he goes like he had to go back all the way to when they were deciding if they were going to pick him and he was just like I just remember thinking man this kid had a good family and I was like what are you talking like like he would like didn't expect him to be a good person maybe you're reading too much into it I don't know all right I don't know I think he probably just didn't want to talk about it okay okay I I I just like like, it does it seem like it seems like this is that he has a little bit of like I want to show you that my success wasn't because of Cam well Cam is a very look at me me guy and maybe Rivera doesn't I don't know he doesn't like that he sure liked it when he was winning yeah that's true he was riverboat Ron in the center of the city yeah so I mean I think that Ron but and I think also Ron poor Ron at this point I think he's just fatigued for having to be the whipping boy for every organization that has gone bad you know what i mean <laughs> yes. I've, i feel sorry for him at times you remember like uh when greg hardy uh went on the non-exempt yeah, oh, yeah. commissioner's non-exempt list yeah. when when the nfl used to care about domestic violence by the way how how the nfl is awesome they do everything for optics and then once it's out of fashion they don't care about it anymore. You can beat girls and beat wives now and go play on Sunday. If you were even thought of being, be, yeah, being associated with that in 2013, 2014, boom, yeah, gone for the whole year. On top of that, then the concussions last year or the two years ago with the concussions and when it was all in the news, they were doing the settlements. Yep. Anytime a player looked like they got hit hard. Two weeks. Done, yeah. And now nobody gets hurt. Right. So, I mean, look, and then Ron Rivera has had to go out there. It's funny. I mean, he did that with the Richardson. The poor guy had to go up and take all of it. And Richardson was absent. Maybe he's too good of a guy. Every time you need a fan base to relax or things to have good optics, bring in Rivera. He's like Mr. Wolf. Sit him up there. He's a a cleaner. (laughs) I kind of think you should get to retire almost in the sense that just go be like the D.C. for Pittsburgh or something. Just get him out of the limelight spotlight. Yeah, and just go like not have Poor to guy's deal with have the problem. A heart attack. Right, dealing with, and we had. I mean, we 
It's he went from he went from a bad well, organization to, to Dan Snyder. Yeah, I yeah. mean he's in the wrong oh, spot. Oh yeah, they they brought him in for that stability. I mean immediately they brought him in to be a name, target. Yeah, with a name, the and name they were choice. like, "Hey, you can name the team." Like, they yeah. they yes. started just giving him other like responsibilities and duties. It is it, is, it feels so wrong because it feels like they looked at him and were like, "You kind of look like an Indian." So <laughs> I, be, I I wouldn't be shocked I wouldn't if be shocked if that's Snyder, a Dan Snyder thing. Yeah. Bring in this guy. That's I'm not saying awesome. that from my perspective. I'm saying that from Dan Snyder's That's perspective. Awesome. Sometimes you got to get into the mind. What would Dan Snyder think? You got to think about those emails. It's <laughs> such a mess there. I was asking some uh, fans about this. It's like, uh, what's going on with the RV, the uh, Ryan Vermillion, the, you know, he got raided by the feds. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it seemed like this was going to be a crazy storyline. And then all of a sudden, it just buried. No and, discovery, boss. And they said this is that, like, it's just because uh, there's, all, there's always a story of disaster that trumps the next one. There is. So, like, yeah. it was the Sean Tate, like, two days later, they bought. <laughs> the sean taylor thing yeah. and that like over and so they actually their pr like style is to make a, a story go away they create a new disaster that overshadows the previous disaster genius yeah how do we make this go away <laughs> you know come up with something even more outrageous that's and right they even enlisted jackson mahomes to come in and dance on the yeah like sean taylor dance right here <laughs> on the sean taylor memorial all right let's uh let's take a break uh cat chronicle uh redbeard says tony should stick to fighting actual cam slander instead of making up additional oh cam wow slander. By the way, I, I realized this on Sunday. I got a lot of my NFL updates and scores via Twitter. The only person that tweets more about Cam Newton than Tony Dunn is Redbeard. Dude is obsessed. <laughs> he, it's, it, it's, it's, more, it's, it's kind of with the Panthers. He has a, a, a fixation. He has an addiction to yeah. bashing the Panthers, and he can't be helped. It's all right. He also has an addiction to bad football because he's a Bengals fan. <laughs> he kind of just does this on everything. Yeah, that's it's kind of his, his deal. This time of the year, it's focused in on this. NASCAR, see, you know, he'll he'll focus in on that. He, he probably hates F1. Thanksgiving. Redbeard, I just want to say I love your hate. Keep your hate coming because I love it. We will take a timeout, come back. We got to, speaking of hate, I hate our picks. We stink. We don't know anything about football. But we're going to make picks when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Jersey Mike's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You can order uh, in the store or you can go online through the Jersey Mike's app. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you. Bonnie's win, three-point victory over Clemson today. They did? And Charleston, yeah, came back and won. Wow, because they did not look good in the first half. Coming up next on ESPN 2, Oklahoma Indiana State, but uh, I think that game doesn't start till 5 o'clock, so... 
that'll be in Myrtle Beach. We saw Oklahoma beat East Carolina last night by five in a uh, pretty good game. Thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out on the watch along. Had a lot of fun with that. Pirates uh, back at it tonight, 730 against Old Dominion. We'll talk about more that one more with Morgan Aylers coming up later on. Uh, week 11 of the NFL. Man, didn't... Or we're hitting we're hitting the point clip where it's like getting kind of sad because it is close to the end. It is. It's so fun. It's, um, I feel like we go through this every year too, where we get the anticipation of the season coming, and then it's so much football, so much excitement, and then it's like a vacation. When you're on a vacation, you hit that tipping point where you start counting how many days are left. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is that oh god? There's only two more. I only got I got to go back to work in two days. Yep. I if think it's a five day vacation. Like you're on the third day. Yes. We got one day left, and then there's yeah. a travel day, and then it's yes, back to exactly. Line. You're already travel. counting. So when I wonder what that number is for the NFL. Is it week eleven? It's now? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Do you? Uh, yep, you're I right. think that's like the break for me. Like it almost feels like we go right into postseason football afterwards, which we kind of do. Yeah. Now when you become a dad, like it, you make that transition from not paying for the trip and just enjoying it to having to like oversee the whole thing yeah so like i'll start like two days out being like all right you want to go and start packing up your suitcase right (laughs) (laughs) you still got more time if you got the condo you know you gotta like take the trash out you gotta get things clean you gotta Uh, make sure the floor's right two nights left i know but we should do a progressive commercial (laughs) i know you know where it's like don't be a dad yeah Yeah. which those commercials are great by the way they are Uh, they hit home they funny because it's true. <laughs> we stop talking about parking. <laughs> All right, uh, boy. Last night, nothing to watch there. I took the Patriots because that is the only thing I can count on at this point. Pats are good. That defense is defense is smothering. It is like a, yes, it is like a python. It just chokes teams out. Run game, and and there's a lot of you know Mac Jones talk. Is he the real deal and all that? I mean, he just. He does enough to win. He's in a fantastic spot. Patriots had Harris and Stevenson go for 50-plus yards. So they run the ball. They play defense. Mack was 22 of 26 for 207 yards. I mean, that's That's a high-volume game for him, too. I mean, at this point, is that even uh, last week where he threw three touchdowns, he still only threw the ball like 18 times or something like that. Trent Dilfer-ish. You know, it's, it's... I hate to use the uh, Tom Brady uh, comparison, but this is very similar to how Tom Brady entered the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to be on the trajectory to become how good Tom Brady became, but in the beginning, Tom Brady was on a team that had good defenses, right? And that they always... They weren't uh, explosive. He just moved the ball and didn't make a lot of mistakes. Outside of Randy Moss, did they ever... Well, Gronk was a, a freak, so those two guys but they never it was really had, late career brady that he yeah. had he was explosive because they never had those guys they, they were playing like, corners at wide receiver Deion yeah. branch and yeah. troy brown just kind of like but he uh, and but they would also have good there was always some receiver on the patriots that would be great for fantasy that, well, the, like the, uh, the slot guys yeah, welker yeah. and edelman and those guys but yeah. even then that was like that was late brady that was not it really was. brady right Right, um, I'm trying to think of. Now they did have when they had the two tight ends. They were pretty good then. Um, the I mean, uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it was around 08 when they had Randy Moss that it started to become like a 
let Brady go out there and win the game for us. And then he did become that. He really became. Yeah, yeah. And to where he's going to find a way to manufacture this win regardless. But it's always been about, or in the beginning, it was about running the ball and playing good defense. And look, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick is like one of the greatest defensive coaches in the history of football. So this is not surprising. Mac Jones, you probably, anytime you put a rookie quarterback in, uh, the Patriots have to be the most ideal situation. Stability at the, the coach on the coaching staff. Um, they had a lot of people come back from the COVID stuff. So yeah, they're a good team right Owner now. Owner, that's not in your business. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the they're a good team, and you, like you said, is you there might be an argument that they're like the best team in the AFC. Well, second best team in the AFC. It Bills. depends on okay. what you Bills, think about the Chiefs. Titans. Like, are the Chiefs going to eventually turn it up? Uh, because I, I still, I'm sorry, Chad. I mean, do you trust the Titans in a home playoff game against the Chiefs or the Patriots? I'm starting to. Yeah, and, and know, we should. Right, it's we like, should at this point. It's becoming it's, one of it's those Ewing theory stuff. I know it just doesn't feel right because of no Derrick Henry. It's, it doesn't it's Ewing theory, but they made the going off Ewing theory they made the finals that year. yeah they win they win so i mean right now i'm how about this who they playing this week because i'm probably going to take them to win titans play the texans, texans are yeah. definitely taking the yeah. titans they're gonna get uh, they're gonna win again great stat week too division. uh but and we'll wrap up the patriots here but jacoby myers former nc state receiver is i guess technically their number one has 139 career catches did you see he had his first touchdown catch last week like of his career and the team like mobbed him. It, it, it was a storyline up there. Yeah, we don't have a bizarre about it stat. That but it, the guy has had his catches 26, 59, has 54 this year, 139 career catches. Finally had his first touchdown last God, week. He's like a Panther at heart. He's a between the 20s receiver. <laughs> yeah. He's a uh, future he's not Panther, a Jacoby Myers. Or, or a Washington footballer. That's something that you guys would, that would happen on your team. Terry McLaurin's great. He is. Um, all right, let's get to the picks. Last week, can we talk about the how bad we are, real quick? Yeah. Um, like you always say, this is not against the spread. <laughs> this is straight this up, is just straight up. But um, while we are bad, um, first Vegas has to be making a fortune right now this season. But oh, the NFL so. is is bad or good. It's par- the parody is. You look at it. There's nobody that is good in the league. <laughs> like if you look at all the teams, they're almost all. Uh, middle of the road. I, I saw some ridiculous thing earlier. There was like 16 teams are within two games of a playoff spot. Right. Well, would you rather it, have it with one super team, two great teams, or would you rather have it like this year where I don't even know if we have that, have a great team? You know, it's hard for me to answer this because I, in some, I kind of like it like this. In some ways I do, but also if you look at our picks – yeah, we have no idea what's going on. It's really just like each week is a complete coin flip for half of the games, and and, and at some point too, do you, can we get the NFL to move up the flex date earlier? Because these primetime games, Steelers, Chargers, and Giants, Buccaneers, you got to start the. I'm off the Chargers, man. I kind of think you start the flex games maybe mid October almost. Yeah, yeah. Why don't like they just six do games them all into the, the season? Yeah, I mean, like you we'll, should know. Look, we're sending these teams to London and Mexico and all these other places. Why not? 
add one more hurdle for them to climb and not let them know what their schedule is until midweek <laughs> i mean <laughs> maybe we shouldn't just release the schedule until the week before each game i like, saw somebody <laughs> tweet something like that i don't know if it was college football nfl i don't remember what it was but make it like wrestling where you have a mystery opponent you don't know who you're gonna play <laughs> randomized <laughs> opponents so it's like you you go up to the playstation and you pick the home random. crowd is there chanting at bank of america <laughs> And their team comes on the field, and you don't know. And then, like, the Bucks are out. You're like, oh, let's go. How about this? Is it would be awesome for your tickets because you would pay the same price for whatever the matchup is, and then you'd be hoping that you get the good game. You'd be yeah. hoping for Tom Brady, and then all of a sudden, Justin Fields comes out. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I overpaid for this ticket. Gosh. All right, let's uh, get to the picks. Washington at Carolina. Somewhat of a uh, – I guess it's a fair line. Is it still – yeah, three three and a half still three and a half yeah i'm surprised it hasn't moved a little to a four me too maybe it will by kickoff the excitement of you know i I feel like carolina fans are just gonna be betting carolina hard here and i do think that this would be a bet i would place here i think we win by more than three what if it goes south tony have you thought about it because i've thought about it okay uh what do you think what would what is the story if it goes south i don't know about starting them I don't know about giving him 100 percent of like the snaps. Like he gives, it's almost like creating too much pressure I, for him. I just really like the packages th- last week yeah. where you had the PJ Walker mixed in in between the twenties. I really like that style. If that works so well, are you surprised they are going away from it and starting camp? No, because I think the rotating quarterback thing is too complicated. If you don't have one quarterback, you get, have no quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and like, how do you, you get no in a rhythm? Right, to, and one miss pass. Do you are you carting the guy off and putting the other guy in because of that? It just creates like an unnatural feel and then tension. The, and then watching Cam on the and it's clear why. And I'm sorry, people who just talk about Cam all all day is that you see why teams um, didn't go and get Cam because his presence on the sideline just in that Cardinals game with him with his helmet on. And he's six foot six and looking fantastic over he there. Might it's just kind of hard to not to be like, why isn't that guy playing? It kind of <laughs> only works for his last chance to be here. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't think it goes south. If it does go south, um, I, I would think this is I want to know why. Is it because uh, the defense let them run the ball? Is it because the turnovers created by Cam? I mean that that's when, when I say south. That I'm that's speaking it. directly. Like to, Cam screws up, like fumbles, interceptions. Like the, uh, if that happens, what Look, what do you do the next week? Like it, it just it you're paying the guy ten million dollars for what's remaining of the season. It's pretty awesome. Washington just beat the Bucks. They did, and the Bucks. Uh, what do you think about that? What does that mean for that for that team? Right, I mean, Tom Brady hates FedEx Field. And it means play there. It means zero. Means zero. He's had two it bad means games that, in a row. There. I think that that Ron Rivera, Tony, that guys love playing for him, right? Like they're not going to quit. He's never lost a locker room. He also every time he's been on the freaking hot seat, we've talked about this over the years. They start winning. They win. They win in November and December when it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll take the Panthers. Me too. I think. Uh, uh, you know the over under in this is 43 oh, yeah and i'm trying i was kept trying to think of a scenario where it goes over because 43 is so low you think like 20 to 13 or 20, yeah 2017 yeah, something yeah. Like that. i mean is that i just think it's an under game even if one team plays really well it could be 27 13 it's still under, under. Cam could have a 300 yard yeah. day and it still be 21 17 yeah, exactly all right who are you taking 
Panthers. Oh, Panthers, yeah. Colts at Bills. I will take the Bills. Bills. Bills as well. Uh, what happened to the Bills last week? I also feel they like beat they, a bad team. They play a bad uh, team every week, every it week. seems like. They beat the Jets. I also think that, oh, um, and they were coming off of a loss. They were right? coming off an ugly game against yeah. the Jackson. Against and the they Jags. just smoked them. 45-17 last week. I uh, just want to know. I just hope that when the Panthers play the Bills later in the season, they're not coming off, off a loss because they well off a, coming off a loss. Those they're guys, a monster. Play, they are. By the way, uh, speaking of the Jets, you know who's starting for them this week? Uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is back. Uh, Ravens at Bears. Ravens. Remember what happened to them last week? Because it was last Thursday. And they laid an absolute giant egg in Miami against the Dolphins. Yeah, so this is again. Is are we really bad at picking, or is this just kind of crazy? In the NFL, at, like the Ravens are not supposed to lose to the Dolphins this year, especially get at, dominated. Yeah, by them. but what Thursday night game? And, uh, and did, when I yeah. saw the score, I was like, uh, "Oh man, it's all right. Lamar's it's just going to win in fourth quarter." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I did too. Uh, I will take the Ravens on the road to bounce back. Oh, yeah, I'm, I am as well. Same. Okay. Lions at Browns. Shout out to the Lions, Tony. I, I've done it before. <laughs> I picked ties. I know there's going to be a tie every year. Uh, Steelers Lions tie was not on my radar, so uh, my tie dar. Those poor guys. Like right, even they can't win to save their lives. Like they are trying so hard to win or not to win. It seems like um, the Browns didn't they get smoked last week? And then the week before, the Pacers, though, they had a pretty good. Baker was pretty solid. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. The Browns, Browns. They got beat up by the Patriots. Patriots. Last week. Was that last week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am, and the uh, week before they smoked the Bengals. Yes, yeah. 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 I'm taking the Browns. I'm not picking the Lions anymore this season. I tried. I've tried to hit that. I game. mean, I like Dan Campbell. Like I would. They uh, they seem to like them too, but they also don't I'm, like winning. But why did they, they have to win with? They can't. Jared Goff and no wide receivers. I know. Amon DeAndre Swift, Ra- Saint, whatever his name. Is. I mean, <laughs> they've got T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, and that's. Yet. I kind of love the Lions to beat the Bears on Thanksgiving. Okay. I like them to be, and we're not picking that game, so I can come out here and say it right Why now. Why not? Because it's gonna, we're not gonna pick games that or those games. Oh, uh, we'll just text. I'll text you. I think All we right. need to do it online. I'll yeah. take the uh, take the lines in that. Uh, let me check something real quick. How do I see this team's roster? I heard that Dan Campbell. Was he a player on the Lions' 0 and 16 team? No way. I'm pretty sure I heard that. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would who do what? Why would you hire somebody from the, the 0 and 16 <laughs> to team? coach the team? He's got uh, he's got 0 and 16 stank on him. You can't get that off. Oh no, he was a member of the 08 Lions. Oh. Man, bad decision. It was PFT talking about it because he said he wants to make sure that his team has the only like super winless season 0 and 16 or no you're saying this year the lions can go 0 16 and 1 uh because they're 17 games now yeah right so they they could still be on a 0 and 16 team uh, even though (laughs) i like glenn saying why would you do that (laughs) why would you hire this guy i mean i would think immediately like i would 
I yeah. just wouldn't do it for that reason. What oh, if they uh, fired him at the end of the year and they cited that he did not list it on his resume? <laughs> <laughs> he was on this team. It's in their record books, though. <laughs> he claimed he played on the, played on our three and thirteen team, not our zero and sixteen team. Uh, we're all taking the Titans versus the Texans. Correct. Packers at Vikings. I hate the Vikings. Man. Uh, uh, Tony, I think it's time for you to jump back on the Vikings train. They beat know. the Chargers last week. Or is that just the Chargers? No, it is. Yeah, it is. It like, is. I mean, I, I'm off the Chargers train as well. This is 1 o'clock, though. Kirk Cousins can win a 1 o'clock game at home against Green yeah, Bay. But he Man, can't, I hate Kirk Cousins. Well, you know, you can't beat the the Aaron Rodgers, though, man. He's like I don't villain, know why. Right? I, all right, I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, oh, I'm taking the Packers. Uh, this is uh, a gut feel thing. Okay. Packers. I've yep. been I've lost Pack. on the Vikings too much this year. I know. They're yeah. almost lionish. Yeah. Uh Dolphins at Jets. What an awful game. <laughs> Could they flex this to another country? Gosh. Um I'm to take... another sport. I would rather watch the Dolphins and Jets play basketball against one another. <laughs> That's actually Tua a good idea. point guard. Like that I would, would be take more... the Dolphins, I guess. I don't know. Why would you take the Jets? Why would you take the Dolphins? I know. It's so terrible. you got to take the Dolphins. Joe Flacco. I'm taking Just Flacco. Just Joe Flacco is like 48. I'm taking Flacco. I I'm taking the Jets. The, in his last season with uh, the Ravens, which was like five years ago, too, by the way, he was so bad. I saw him try to throw this deep ball, and first it didn't go but 20 yards, and I swear it landed in the stands. Like, he threw it to the side. <laughs> and I, and the row one. Oh, Ask Igo about a Flacco deep ball in the playoffs because he uh, beat his Broncos that way one year. Oh. Joe Flacco, we forget. He was elite. Like hosting sports trivia, uh, there's certain things that have like jumped out to me doing research over the years, but Flacco and Ravens are the answers to a lot of postseason NFL trivia questions, Like especially road wins. They had a run. They would always win on the road and stuff like that. Uh, I'm taking the Joe Flacco resurrection. I'll take the Jets. Glenn. Dolphins, Jets. Dolphins. Did you guys hear? What did uh, I've been dying to know? What's um, when I say dying? I haven't Googled it. Rex Ryan talking about Salah. Salah. What, what did he say? Just curious. Rex Ryan said. <laughs> once again, I go back to PFT. I heard him say this. It was like Rex Ryan was not being talked about enough. So <laughs> Rex Ryan said, "I don't ever want to be compared to this Salah guy," which nobody was doing anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And then they asked Robert Sala about it, and he was like, yeah, that guy's always got something to say. I've never talked to him. If he wants to find me, he knows where I am. And I would say That's how you got to handle it. I look like Robert Sala could beat some tail, too, by Dude, the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with I him. I would not want to tangle. <laughs> and, uh, but Rex Ryan, uh, he said that the Jets were gutless. They don't play hard. He had all this stuff to say. You could say that Rex Ryan put his foot in his mouth. Rex Ride also is the guy that's like the drunk old white man at the bar that thinks he can fight and oh, just yeah. gets smoked by Robert <laughs> How many bar Dropped. fights do you think the Ryan boys have been in over the years? Rob How many Rex. times have they gotten they there ruthless. whooped? <laughs> you know what? I want to get mad on a Friday. I'm going to see if Rob Ryan's employed because if he is, I'm going to lose my, my mind. <laughs> The Rob, next game. I hope he's a D line coach somewhere. So, yeah. who's going? You picked the Jets? Is that yeah. who you picked? 
I picked the Dolphins. Who'd you pick? Oh, uh, how did the Ravens lose to the Dolphins? Have Rob Ryan as your linebackers coach. Told you. He sucks everywhere he goes. It is the most maddening thing ever. I looked it up when he was a Washington assistant. This guy's track record sucks. It's like you're Bruce... Allen, he sucks. <laughs> these guys suck, and they I just like, keep, keep making all this money, getting all these jobs, and they're awful at it. I like how clips that he hasn't watched the Redskins for the last few weeks. First, I don't believe it at all. Okay, you don't. He have was to in Midgies on. Don't, you don't, I, I don't care if you believe me. I know what I Couple, do. More than one, more than one game you haven't watched. Who they play? They were had a bye week. Who they play before that? Um, lost to somebody i don't know yeah i hadn't watched it tony i'm, I'm, I'm just curious because i felt like it's like a sadism thing to be a washington football fan like you don't want to watch it i'm it's not really, gonna watch it and then you peek at it <laughs> it's, it's sad it. because i didn't even feel anything when i saw that they won the game <laughs> i'm being dead honest with i you. believe you and it upsets me that it's like that but that's what they've done to me <laughs> all right let's take a time out we'll come back um we got more picks to make, including Saints-Eagles. That's all of a sudden a big game for both teams. Uh, Cowboys-Chiefs is a great game in the 425 window. And more when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event well keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university the official sportswear provider of pirate radio for 18 years now let's head back in to pirate radio live here is clip rock all right, we are looking at the NFL slate of games for this week 11 and making some selections. Tony Dunn, Clip Rock, the big dog, Glenn Griffin here, Shirley Rhodes. And uh, Tony, here we go again with the Eagles. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'm just going to stick with the trend. The Philadelphia Eagles have had a, an okay year. I mean, they're they're four and six, not great. But before we went to break, or maybe during the break, you said uh, you like what Jalen Hurts is doing right yeah. now. Uh, good win on the road at Denver, 30-13. to 13. And they also won on the road at Detroit and on the road um, against Carolina and Carolina and on the road in Atlanta. And that's four, which means they are over at home. And every home game has been a, a pretty big one. They could have got to 2-0 against the Niners. They lost. Uh, marquee game against the Chiefs. They lost. Bucks at home coming off a win. They lost. Chargers at home. Are the Eagles for real? They lost. I know. Here we go again. Saints at home. They lost. <laughs> uh, they're going to lose. Give me the Saints. I'm picking the Eagles. Okay. What? Uh, now, I'm only doing it because of the trend, but what are the Saints right now? Is it Trevor Simeon? Yeah, I think that's what they've been rolling with. Is Kamara and- playing? 
don't know about that yet yeah i mean they are but they still actually they, they refuse to lay down and roll over i mean like sean payton is a good Mary's coach out, by the way. is he remember yeah. when the saints were looked at as like a you know a soft like offensive team they couldn't stop anybody like they've kind of shifted everything yeah, right now they got a strong defense good offensive line they bring ingram back they're a run first team and now. he is uh, he is running with purpose this guy was mad that we forgot about him yeah sure. so uh this I, I like this game uh, as far as the slate of games this is a, a, an important one in november so uh i'm looking it's gonna be, it could be an ugly game but uh saints eagles who you got glenn eagles just because they're at home i think did you listen to what saints said eagles i just i just just read it yeah yeah they are um you didn't didn't listen you didn't hear my whole speech no i did not they haven't won at home yet this every opportunity they've had at home they have lost but But it's it's officially got us flip right and get it the other way all right it was just funny because i did that entire build-up and you said <laughs> because I'll take the eagles because they're at home you said it like i had missed that you said that you had this, this them reversed was, on the sheet funny no um all right i'm i'm picking the eagles because i want everybody in the nfc south to continue to lose everybody but the panthers lost last week how awesome is that not a not a bad trend there all right um I might hate this game God. more than I hate Dolphins Jets. 49ers at Jaguars. I took the Rams on Monday Night Football and went to sleep at like 8.30 and woke up and saw they got pounded. Yeah. What in the world was that? Almost like by themselves. You know, like That's what happens to them, though. You know, you know what happens to them? Matt Stafford returns to his lines days sometimes. Yeah, it's like it's, it's He's got bad things games. happen, like bad uh, habits come out and you just it's gross well and then the other thing is is that i think they put so much pressure on themselves to win this year and that's what, like with, <laughs> they with are Stata, all in like they are all in and they're not going to have a draft pick for like 20 years going forward it's crazy here's obj you got two days to make him your number one wide receiver because your Robert other Woods number goes down bobby Woods well, goes out. cooper cups the number one yeah but i know what you mean uh are, does anybody really want to take uh the Jaguars here, though? Nah. Nah. I'll take the I'm going to take the 49ers. I think maybe that we gave up on them too quickly. Perhaps. Glenn. Mm. Take Urban. I'll take the Jags. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bing, well, who's got the better quarterback in this game? Jaguars or Niners? Jaguars. Probably. Home crowd of drunk Still people from Duval County. I mean, I, I'll i take that. Uh, this one's tough. Bengals at Raiders yeah um i don't like either of these teams right now because i can't figure out who when what week they're gonna win Bengals were uh, coming off a bye right so i'm gonna just take the team coming off a bye and the raiders got beat by the chiefs last week that might uh i don't like mike florio but he made uh, a great point uh before the raiders and chiefs game he said the chiefs kind of took off the first half of the year and said all right afc west we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you win this year. Go take it. It's all yours. And the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos denied. A, yeah, they said no, thank you. You can have it. Chiefs rolled the other night, and now they're about to take control of that division. Maybe. maybe. Uh give me the Bengals. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Bengals too. Glenn, I'm thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> I can't get it right. I man. can't get the Bengals right. I, I mean, that's no the right issue. or wrong answer. The same for this with game. the Raiders, though, last uh-huh. weekend. I thought that I, I was going to get them at home and an upset over the Chiefs. I had it too. 
and they they're just, just scrappy enough to make you question. Give me the Bengals. I suck picking the Chiefs, by the way. Uh, no, next game, Cowboys and Chiefs. I'm picking the Cowboys. We just saw Tony that Amari Cooper is out. Yes, but they got CD Lamb. They got a good run game. Um, <laughs> they got Dak. I picked the Chiefs so many times where they suck this year. And the Cowboys mauled last week. I think the Cowboys are the best team in football right now. Hmm. Yeah, they had that weird one against Denver. Is that just kind of a throwaway? Yeah. Like, a, yeah. like Dak was not right that game, so they were off. I'm going to just I'm, – I'm an idiot. I'll take the Chiefs. Um, whatever. Is Kyler coming back this week? I don't know. For the Cardinals? I'm looking on I to the next you, game. I know uh, Hopkins is out. Uh, um, I will Cowboys take. Uh, I will take. I will take the Cowboys because, like my man, I believe that they are the best team in football currently. All right, Cardinals and Seahawks. Kyler Murray. That's what the real. I mean, this is the question here: is if Kyler Murray plays, the Cardinals win. If he doesn't play, they still may win. Um, I think the Seahawks are bad. Man. I think the Seahawks are dysfunctional. Yeah, like how I are think they it's this worse bad? Than bad? Yeah, and then what is up? Is DK Metcalf a nutcase? Is he a head case? He's uh, yeah. yeah. He punched somebody last week or he, something like that. He yeah. uh, did that, and then he tried to come back into the game after being thrown out. <laughs> I don't um, want to tell a story, but you remember my my high school girlfriend? Yes. I, um, I don't know what I was. I was in the wrong, but like, and I wasn't even really going to fight him, but I got into it with her brother at a um. <laughs> now it's the Buccaneer Music Hall. I don't know what it was. I can't remember what like it was live called. Live or something. Yeah, yeah, I think even before that. And I got kicked out. And I and like 15 minutes later, I was like, "All right, guys, I'm good now." And came back in. <laughs> and they were like, "No, if you get kicked out, you can't go back in." I'm like, "Yeah, but I know the guy. Like, it was a thing. We're fine now." And they're like, no. "You don't understand. You are kicked out." <laughs> I was like, "All right, cool. I'm just gonna go I back in." <laughs> I cooled I, off, man. I'm fine. DK Metcalf tried to pull a me, and it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm picking the Cardinals on the road. That's awesome. I kind of. I'm good now. No, I just, you don't understand. I'm good now. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks at home. You guys are trashing them. Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks. I think it's the end of the Pete Carroll era. No. Ooh. And I mean, I, I just the way it's trending. I mean, it's things are dysfunctional. Russ is not right. DK Metcalf is wild. I read a, a weird stat that Jamal Adams only has three interceptions in his whole career, and he's how did he get paid get so much? Big. <laughs> he's a linebacker that they put back there at safety. It's crazy. You take the Cardinals. Yes. Steelers at Chargers. I, I'm, I'm I'm sick of the Chargers. Like how are they? How are they not better? I'll take the under. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's it's, it's not like twenty four, and it's not the quarterback's fault. Oh. Their defense isn't playing very well. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I don't put it on. Her. I'm gonna take the Chargers because Ben is just has been playing. I mean, Rudolph played last week. Did he? Yeah, it's Rudolph. Wow, actually, they might be better with Rudolph. They're not. <laughs> Rudolph is not good. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> Um, I'm take the they're, Chargers. They're QB shopping. In the yeah, I'm taking season. the Chargers, and I hate this game. I hope there's something else to do Sunday night, Glenn. What do you think? Wouldn't would Russell Wilson uh, be good in Pittsburgh? Oof. 
Yeah. I kind of like it. You know, kind I of. Like it. Uh, he seems like that kind of team player, too, a little bit. Yeah. And he's got more tread on the tire left than other. And him and Mike Tomlin can just have a cliche off where they all just say cliches over and over again. Yeah. Like, I mean, it seems like Russ would do that versus, like, saying taking the two later career quarterbacks that could move. Aaron Rodgers is not going to do that. I like the Russ fit for pittsburgh more than rogers yeah, yeah that's what i mean i don't think rogers personality fits oh i think I rogers agree. is might he could be done and i don't think this could be he could ride off into the sunset and ben was great hall of famer but he was never like a star or like a now he might be a diva and all that but he was never he never seemed like a look at me guy I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If I don't Rogers, know. He was. Rogers. Mean, he does was not, partying. That boy was Rogers doesn't fit in with the Steel City persona and all. Not that. at all. Then again, which is why he's out of Green Bay because he's like Mully always says he's not. This is the most anti-Green Bay quarterback in the league. Be, right he's going to yeah. stay in Green Bay. Green Bay is going to keep him. I don't think so. It's I think crazy. What if they get rid of everybody? Like G, like everybody, Clean and house. just keep Rogers. That could happen, and he keeps Devonte Adams and Rod- Aaron. Same Rob- thing could happen in Seattle. They Aaron, could clean house yeah. and then keep Russ. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is not going to go to the Steelers because that's the one. Mike Tomlin is the one guy that he was probably scared of. You, you know, like he couldn't earlier, behave that way. Field. Yeah, like he could not be like because Mike Tomlin might know. just choke I, you out. Yeah, but I feel like at this point Rodgers knows he could get away with anything with yeah. any coach. He's, Russ, he's I'm Brady calling level. it now. Russell Wilson to the Steelers. I love that pit. I want Rodgers to go to the Patriots. I know they have a quarterback, but just to see if he can like out bitch Belichick. Like he's the one that made Belichick quit. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, you just put the, the two miserable, most miserable people in the NFL <laughs> together, and they just everything is gray Sad and depressing. Off. But uh, it would be cool though, because if they went and won a championship, he's like pulling a Brady because he's going and build doing it somewhere else, and oh, Belichick is also getting a little jab at Tom Brady for leaving. Uh, Steelers, Chargers. Who'd you take, Lynn? the playstation that i'm gonna be playing instead of watching that game i will take uh the chargers giants and bucks i'll take the bucks yeah bucks are the bucks uh, i think the the loss to washington is reminiscent of their yeah like last year there was a game around week eight that they lost and then they came out they won everything and they won everything since then uh, yeah all right, uh, Tony, good stuff, man. Check out the C3 podcast, but so much more. The post-game show, you guys are putting out a ton of content. Man, we have been. We've been growing a lot. We just uh, hit 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. We Our, our post-game shows, our podcast, the live community there has been fantastic. And, and you know, Cam... You were really tip of the spear with that stuff, though. You were you were live. You were interacting. And yeah. You, you really were dedicated to it. Yeah, and we have, and it's working. It's working. So come hang out. We're on Tuesday. We got content almost every day of the week, except for Monday, I think. Kenny says, don't you think it's time for Atlanta to part ways with Matt Ryan? Yeah. I mean, they need to go ahead and just blow up everything there. But they can't do anything right. I mean, they, they picked a tight end in the first round when they needed everything else. Yeah, true. Yeah. He was generational, though. He is still generational. Matt okay. Ryan, former Washington. I mean, I know, I get it. Quarterback, like they're probably going to bring in some old veteran. Oh, that's perfect for yeah. Ron. Perfect. perfect for Ron Rivera. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, take a timeout. We'll come back. Thanks, Tony. Enjoyed it, man. Thank you. We will be back with Morgan Aylers, PA announcer. He uh, runs everything with the football program. You know the guy. Local CEO. politics, bud. CEO of ECU Athletics. Yes. 
Um, why didn't he have one of his tall sons starting on the basketball team years ago? Missed this opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah, like three of them. I know. They're all like six, eight. Anyway, we'll take a timeout, come back. Oklahoma and Indiana State going at it right now in Myrtle Beach. We'll update some scores on the Buccaneer Music Call scoreboard. Have more for you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. And looking forward to Tiebreakers tomorrow during the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter because I think I'm going to go with the uh, lemon pepper uh, boneless wings because you you suggested that. And the weekend I was going to do it, I unfortunately was... Under the weather, so I'm going to do that. Remind me because I will forget. All but right, I, I'm going to try the lemon pepper. I, I'm a big fan of lemon pepper. Lemon so. pepper, Shirley, coming yep. up Saturday. 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 We'll have the big dog back with us Saturday. Mm-hmm. What are you going to go with, big dog? A hiatus. Uh, I feel like I probably am a. You've gone with the just plain wings yeah, the just entire plain time. Buffalo wings, but I might be a lemon pepper person. But I definitely will be a fried pickles person. Because okay. that oh, is, yeah. That oh, is, yeah. We got to have those. That is what I miss out on. All right. Fried pickles will be on the menu tomorrow. Post game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll be taking your calls after ECU and Navy. Uh, joining us now on the Fixed NC Live line, the voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and the voice of Menji's Coliseum. He is DJ Captain Morgan. Morgan Aylers joining us. Morgan, how you doing, man? Man, y'all making me hungry. Morgan, you're a uh, tiebreakers veteran. What's your go-to on the menu? Uh, I like the cheese sticks, the uh, pepper jack cheese sticks. Mm. But you get them cut up into cubes. You don't get the full stick. Okay. Cut them up into cubes, and then they're dying. That is insider information. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the wing. You can't go wrong with the wings or the CBR quesadilla. You can't go wrong with anything. They got great food. Mm, never thought about the quesadilla either. All right. Thanks for putting those into my brain, Morgan. Morgan, uh, let's start with hoops. Pirates, uh, by the way, Indiana State with an early 9-6 to lead during the first media timeout against Oklahoma. Right now, we're just pulling for that game to go by fast so ECU can play on time at 7.30 tonight against Old Dominion. Morgan, I always uh, am interested to see what opposing teams, fan bases think about the Pirates, whether it be football, any sport, baseball. But last night, or earlier today, I went over to the Oklahoma Sooners forum and and looked at some of their comments on the game last night, and it was so interesting to hear them say. So they were two and zero. They had two blowout wins. They were saying, "Well, this was a good step up in competition." ECU's linked, uh, man. They got some some size. They got some linked, and they were like, "Why are we leaving this Tristan Newton guy open? He's a he's a killer." It was great to hear somebody else uh, give compliments about our ECU basketball team. So, something to grow on uh, despite the loss last night. Now, 
The issue is, Morgan, the Pirates put a ton of effort into it last night. They got to turn right around play again against an old Dominion team that was blown out. They're going to be hungry tonight. So for Joe Dooley, his challenge is to not only get the guys to rebound better and hit some free throws, but also make sure they're playing with the same intensity when they take the court tonight. Yeah, you know, that was a big game for him last night. And uh, there's no moral victories. Or some people like to say there is, but I really don't think there is. And you could tell by the tone of Joe Dooley's post-game comments that he was very disappointed in the loss. And basically he said, you know, don't like to lose. So if you can instill that in the players and they can come out tonight with the same kind of aggressiveness they did last night, uh, I, I, I really think the Pirates have a good shot of beating Old Dominion tonight. I don't think Old Dominion's as strong as they've been at times in the past. And the Pirates need to come out of there two and one over the weekend, and that would be a good road trip for East Carolina. Kind of a weird scheduling quirk too. You get them in this tournament, Morgan, and then you get them at home uh, coming up soon. So we'll see a a double header with the Monarchs coming up beginning tonight at 7.30. East Carolina uh, playing well last night, trying to get a W and then trying to leave Myrtle Beach with two Ws. Uh, Football-wise, Morgan, East Carolina with six Ws. And uh, that is a number that we have been searching for a long, long time. We've heard Holt Naylor's talk about it since the beginning of the year. And what a way to get it in overtime, stopping them on a two-point conversion, Morgan. Just uh, With all the close losses on the road this year, and you did have that great win against marshall but the the houston loss the central florida loss the pirates able to close it out on saturday and uh, and celebrate and a well-deserved celebration by those guys it was and i was very proud of them the way they they played and listening to the players lounge on on monday you could tell some of the defensive guys they were almost excited that uh they came out <laughs> to go for two yeah they, they saw the play they knew the play was coming uh bruce bivens one of our guys and uh, you can tell in that play he made just a beeline for where the quarterback was going to be. I mean, he went in there and just a, almost got to the quarterback before he threw it. So, um, you know, it was exciting. And now tomorrow, I think it really helps the Pirates that they've got that sixth win under their belt. They're bowl eligible now. It takes a little bit of the pressure off the game. It's already a, a pressure-packed game when you go play Navy anyway just because of their scheme, as everybody's talked about all week. But, uh, now you don't have to worry about that game. Oh, we have to win this one to go bowling. You don't have to. Yeah. But they're going to. But they don't have to. But they're going to win. All right. You heard it here from Morgan Aylers. Uh Holton's great to talk to. What's going on feelings this year because, you know, I'm such a uh, – I just feel the Pirates are going to win. I know another guy that goes on feelings, Morgan. He's so full of – well, I'm not going <laughs> to. All right, relax. Uh, Holden's so great to talk to because he he's not afraid to kind of laugh at himself. And, and we're sitting here watching a replay of the game while we got Holden in here on Monday, and he throws a pick, and he says, y'all don't, don't look at the TV. Don't watch that. Uh, but also the sliding thing. So Weaver, Chandler, Shirley, myself are watching the game last Saturday. We see Holden do the butt flop on a run. And we're like, what is he doing? Like he, he can. We've seen him slide before, right? What is he? And then he gives us the reason why. He said that turf or concrete they're playing on is awful. He didn't want to, you know, skin up his entire leg, so he went with the butt flop. He said his brothers gave him a lot of crap about that. Morgan, did you uh, talk about him uh, sliding it all on Saturday? Yeah, a little bit, but you know. <laughs> Like he told me, I told me several years ago, he had trouble sliding his first year in, in college. I said, "Why?" Well, I said, "Dad, I never slid when I played baseball." Well, he just hit dingers. Just hit dingers and had fun, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, 
he was really scar- scratched up anyway. He said that he showed me his arm and his right side. Yeah. And that was really and that he said that happened on the first series. And he said the field turf was horrible they had there. It was very short, very hard. They had a lot of the those rubber pellets down, which made it very hard to uh, get any traction. And I think you heard Donnie Kirkpatrick talk a little bit about that, I think, Wednesday in his press conference. And, you know, he didn't uh, didn't want to slide there. That's why I guess he, he ran over the kid on the first series. <laughs> he tackled. Yeah, that was, uh, that was certainly a highlight of the game. ECU football actually tweeted that one out. Uh, this week there has been some uh, some talk Morgan about uh, more talk about an expanded college football playoff and I think uh, they're going to try to get this thing going for 2023 that was a uh, a report and I don't know how true those reports are it might not be until 2024 or 2025 but looks like uh, they are going to try to move this thing from 4 to 12 that's not going to make Cincinnati feel any better this year uh, if they are left out. Although, Morgan, I know you think it's not going to matter because ECU is going to beat Cincinnati next week. But let's say Cincinnati does run the table this year. They still need, what, an Oregon loss to Utah this week would help them. Uh, if Alabama loses to Georgia and knocked it, knocks them out, that'll help them. But right now, Cincinnati needs to win. And look, they got SMU and East Carolina. That, that's no easy last two games for them. But still, an opportunity for the American to uh, to potentially get a team in the playoff this year. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're talking about expanding the playoffs. There's been talk about that since they went to the 14 playoff, you know, years ago. And I, my question is, how much of that uh, question about expanded playoffs would be happening had Texas and Oklahoma not be moving to the SEC? When you think about that, though, there are a lot of those schools, that, and it caused a lot of the shuffling and schools moving, you know, around a little bit, but. If I think that if Texas and Oklahoma had stayed where they were, there would not be an expansion in the playoffs because they can get in right now by being, you know, their conference champion. Where is if you go to the SEC, you're probably not going to be the one. one you know, either Alabama, Georgia, Texas, or Oklahoma aren't. Only, there's only one conference champion. Yeah, and the more they expand, the the least amount of times they're all going to see each other. So it might not even be settled on the field. You could have like three or four one loss teams and. They'll pick Bama and Auburn, let's say, or Bama and Georgia over Oklahoma and Texas. Now, that, I mean, that's a good point. Like you, you, you got to increase the numbers if you're going to put all the good teams in one conference. So, right. I, I think that's you know, money talks, as they say, and I think that that could be one of the big reasons they're trying to do that now. Especially all of a sudden, you know, the the SEC wasn't for wasn't for playoff expansion. Now they are. Right. The ACC wasn't for playoff expansion now they are the big 10 they just don't want to play it anyway because they're not going to have anybody good enough to play oh wow well maybe whatever <laughs> shot at ohio state michigan okay yeah. all right uh morgan i saw that uh sunny dyke's name out there for the tcu job it's uh it's it's end of the season it's uh getting close to bowl time and of course coaching carousel time in college football virginia tech firing justin fuente so you got a job there washington job is open and gary patterson out at tcu sonny dykes look and and we i hate to say it this way but we want mike houston's name to be out there in the carousel because that means he's doing big things at east carolina i don't think it's going to happen this year but uh could in the future these uh conference these schools love to come after the american and raid the coaches morgan and sonny dykes uh, could be the name this year luke fickle could still be the name uh this year 
it wouldn't surprise me if, if Coach Fickle makes a move this year because Cincinnati's a, a very veteran team and they lose a lot going into next season. Uh, and it's a business. I know he's got a great contract. I know they're getting ready to change conferences. You know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, but this, somebody's going through a lot of money at those guys. I know that uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State, somebody told me that they, they've offered him a 10-year, $95 million contract, and now they're talking about a 10-year, uh, $12 million contract, I think, or $120 million contract or something like this for um, Lincoln Riley if he were to go to LSU. You know, that's... And from a business standpoint, you can be loyal to a school all you want, but it is a business, and that's, yeah. that's setting your family up for life. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about that at the end of the day. No doubt about it. Can't blame these guys. Morgan uh, got some area high school playoff action going on tonight. J.H. Rose, for the first time this playoffs, will be on the road. And uh, Perry Owens still putting some ranch on it at Washington. So some area teams to uh, follow tonight. Yeah, they've got a couple. And they've actually got another third game going on. They've got the Anchor Bowl 2 over in Beaufort County, north side, south side, getting ready to play again. Mm. Uh, but uh, you've got Washington traveling up to Northeastern, the number one team in 2A. Uh, that that should be a good game. Northeastern's really a, a strong football team. But Washington's proven they're, they're nothing to be taken lightly. And I think Perry Owens will have his team ready to play. And uh, I think that'll come down to maybe the last series or so. It might not, you know. I just think it will. Uh, Rose has a tough one. They go to 71st. 71st is, I think, only given up, I think it's 76 points so far this season. Hmm. Uh, they run the ball. They run it, uh, hardly throw it at all, but they, they've got a massive offensive line. And I think 28 of those 76 points happened last week. So, I mean, Rose has got their hands full. I think if Rose is going to be successful tonight, they've got to jump on these guys early and force 71st to throw the football. If they can do that, they can – they can have a good chance to go in, you know, to the next round. But if not, it could be a long night if they sit there and just let 71st just ground and pound it all night. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, you uh, going to Annapolis? Are you working this weekend? What you got planned? Uh, not, well, I'm not making the trip to Annapolis. Yeah, we've got some work i got to do. Gotcha. So, but uh, hopefully be uh, maybe I can make the airport this time if uh, – Team wins when the team wins tomorrow night. Get the Pirate fans back out to the airport. Heck yeah, that was co- and and Morgan, you said you listened to the players' lounge. Did you hear how much that meant to the players? They were like shocked. They, they said, "I've never experienced anything like that before." It was really cool to hear their reaction about the uh, the fans showing up the other night. Yeah, it was, and it, uh, you know, I watched the videos of again. I had a wedding I had to do last weekend, and I was actually uh, driving back and sort of looking at that while I was on the road. It was kind of really neat and. Uh, I know the players appreciated it, the coaches, and hopefully that'd be good good turnout tomorrow night when the Pirates win number uh, seven on the season. Yes, sir. Morgan enjoyed it, man. We will talk to you again soon. Uh, have a good weekend, bud. Thanks, you guys. Uh, have great shows tomorrow, and uh, keep rolling as always. Yes, sir. There he is Morgan Ayler's joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line. Let's take a break. I tell you what, Shirley. Let's go ahead and uh, open up the booty bag here on a Friday. I'm ready to give away some beer. On a free beer Friday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. We've got a great giveaway for you today. How about a 12-pack of the limited edition Bush Light Apple? It can be yours. Also, we'll throw in some Carolina Eagle, a Carolina Eagle shirt, some koozies, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. 
It can be yours right now if you are caller number 12. 12. Must be 21 or over. Must be 21 or over. Offer ends in five minutes. 317-1250. Caller 12 is a winner. Oklahoma up 16 to 10 on Indiana State. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. We're back after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 50,000 followers today. And congratulations to Susan Deans, who uh, walked away with our big prize on our free Beer Friday. And a football Friday, Big Panthers fan, Susan Deans. So I know she's excited about her Panthers and Cam taking on Washington on Sunday. She can enjoy some Bushlight Apple um, while she watches. All right, congratulations, Susan Deans. All right, uh basketball sports are weird and the moment you start questioning a line or you know what what, the spread does this make sense i mean just don't do it the vegas knows what we're talking about they and i bring that up because i'm I'm pulling up the score here uh last night old dominion lost and now i can't find it of course um let me pull it up Old Dominion got killed last night. Just I'll put it that way. But I believe they opened up as favorites against East Carolina. And right now, East Carolina is a two-point favorite. All right, here you go. Sorry that I stumbled through that. Old Dominion lost 77-36 to last night. They scored 36 points. 16 in the first half, 20 in the second half, 36 points in an entire basketball game. And I think they were favorites in that game against Indiana State. Indiana State trailing Oklahoma right now by seven. So in what world should they be favored against East Carolina? And why is now East Carolina only a two-point favorite? Well, just, I don't know. It kind of scares me. Somehow they know. Yeah, it scares me is all I'm saying. A team that lost by 41 is only a two-point underdog to East Carolina tonight. It makes me nervous. But I'm taking the Pirates. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about some football right now as we head out to the Fixed NC Live line. Brian North joins us here on a Friday to get you ready for your sports weekend. North, how you doing, man? All fat and happy, ready for Thanksgiving week coming up. Uh, Let's start there because I won't talk to you again before Thanksgiving. So uh, annual question that I ask everyone, Brian, your favorite Thanksgiving side dish that you can't go without on Thanksgiving? Yes, yes. They, uh, <laughs> all <of> the above. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a uh, any kind of potatoes and gravy type of guy. I mean, ah. there's got to be there's got to be gravy there, and I know we've had this dispute: is gravy a food before or not? 
but gravy's got to be there, and, and there's got to be some potatoes there, and um, that's number one on the list. Uh, my grandma makes this uh, egg gravy, which some people uh, turn their nose up at. But are you familiar with that, Brian? It's gravy with yeah, that's eggs. egg gravy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm down with it. It's um, it, it, if I have to start like listing gravies, you know, top ten gravy <laughs> list, egg may not be number one. But okay, no, I, I, I'm with it. And I go. Uh, it's on a lot of the items on the plate. It's on the turkey. It's on the mashed potatoes. It's on the dressing. So the gravy kind of finds its way uh, throughout the plate. Are you? Yes. Do you uh, mix your foods? Do you? Are you one of those people? Uh, I got to imagine, Brian, knowing you, you don't mind if your food touches on the plate. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. And some are okay to mix, but I am that one guy. Who, once I get started on something, I usually finish it. I don't mind if it's touching something, but once I start with the stuffing, a lot of times I just oh, you go like one at a time. Yeah, it's kind of like the old clockwork thing, you know, if you put your plate, each food's like a number on the clock. Sometimes I spin it like that, but um, it, it's not a have to be, but that's, it tends to be what happens. I watched, uh, I like Mindhunters on uh, Netflix, and they it was like the first uh, people that started profiling serial killers. So what I do, I get data on how people eat and their habits and try to figure out if you're a serial killer or not. I definitely have the uh, qualities. I know serial kills, but I, you know, just don't cross. <laughs> Brian North joining us. North, let's uh, let's start with Pirate football. Uh, it was great catching up with Dominique Davis yesterday. Wanted to get him on a because we hadn't talked to him in ten years, which is kind of crazy. We hadn't talked to him since he left Greenville. So great to catch up with him. And also, he had a record-breaking performance against Navy. The one time East Carolina was able to defeat Navy, it was funny, Brian, and, and I'm sure you remember. So he, he went 26-26 in the first half mm-hmm. in the game in 2011. I asked him, and we talked about this at the time, but it was fun rehashing it. I said, Dominique, you know, did you know that? And he said, no, but as I was going in the locker room, a reporter said, hey, you know, you just broke a record, Aaron Rodgers and T. Martin's record. And he's like, what record? What, we're playing a game, it's halftime. And he said, you know, or she said, uh, he said that you were twenty six to twenty six. That's the um, now most consecutive completions dating back to last week. And he kind of he was like, "Man, I'm in the zone. I'm feeling it. I'm the man." And then he said, "You know, third quarter comes around. They go out in the field, throws an incomplete pass. It was like, don't talk about a perfect game type of situation." Yeah, and then a lot of players don't know when they're in that situation. Next play, right? And. And in that uh, air raid offense that they were running under Lincoln Riley yeah. at the time, you know, so many of those bubble screens, and it's just you're not you're not. Oh, they, he wasn't throwing thirty yards down the field every play, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you're not even thinking about it. You're just next play. So I can see where that would get lost in the sauce or something like that. You're throwing it so much, you're not even. No, it doesn't even register, and the plays were happening so quickly. I can see, but I could also see where it gets in your head all of a sudden. You know, somebody somebody uh, gets to you, and then all of a sudden. Uh, it breaks down. And if I remember correctly, that game still came down to a last-second field goal yep. which needed to win. That's right. Uh, I want to say they might have missed one at the end, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, it came down to three, and uh, the Pirates able to win that one. They are 1-7 against Navy. Brian, how did they get to 2-7? And then and, and this, this is a tough one for the coaches, man. The, you, you have that celebration after the sixth win at Memphis, and you got Cincinnati coming up next week at home, yeah. which you're jacked up for. This is uh, my, my gambling buddies like to call this a sandwich game, a look ahead game, a, a letdown game. You got them all here for Mike Houston to worry about for his team. I do think they're they're focused, Brian. But they're, look, we've seen a lot of college football teams fall into this trap before. 
Yeah, so I think it's real simple this week. One, how do you win the game? You make sure Holt Nailers doesn't get COVID or test positive. <laughs> That's a good point. Point, right? Very good point. I think if you know you have Holton last year, you probably win that game and you'd be two and six against them. So and, and we would even be talking about these streaks. So that's number one. You make sure Holton Aylers is playing. Uh, number two, uh, I think that the motivation is real easy. ECU still has a chance to play in the AAC championship game. So you've got to take care of business in a place where you're very rarely taking care of business. And so I think the, the, the sixth win in this team, I think, is almost addictive. I kind of feel like they are finally figuring it out, and they're trying to establish their legacy with this program. So I think they'll be highly motivated to go going into Annapolis uh, this weekend. So I don't think there'll be any problems with a letdown in that sense. And then this coaching staff, I think, has a lot better pedigree to coach against the triple option team yeah. than, than coaching staffs in the past. And I think that helps. And I think last year kind of showed that a little bit. It was a competitive game. And again, if they had Holton, I think they win the game. So all those factors go, and I, I think highly motivated, really good chance to win. This isn't your Navy team that puts up 70. I think they will score points. Don't get me wrong. I don't think this will be a shutout. But, uh, but I think this is a, a very winnable game for ECU, and I think they will be motivated. I'd be surprised if there was a letdown. Yeah, and and look, this is a Navy team, and not this particular. This is a Navy program that has scored with Ken Neal Matalolo 76, 66, and 56 against East Carolina. And that was far from the case last year. As you said, good point. Blake Harrell and company uh, did a pretty good job uh, defensively. Also, it helps that Navy doesn't have Malcolm Perry or Keenan Reynolds or Dobbs or, you know, those great quarterbacks that really ran the show. They are lacking that this year, Brian. So that helps out a little bit, too. Yeah, Navy, I know they've been down talent-wise a little bit and haven't had those great players. And, look, the triple option is still tougher to to defend. But it helps when you have great athletes who make great decisions and those fifth-year senior quarterbacks uh, that are making those uh, reads for you. So, again, all these things set up for ECU to go in there and get a seventh win and, look, still possibly create some kind of drama here at the end of the year, depending on how things go down between SMU and Cincinnati to still be in the running for getting into that AAC championship game. I think that's the big carrot that Mike Houston's been dangling it out there this week. He's like, look, we're, we're not out of this thing yet. We take care of business and things go our way we all of a sudden are playing for a championship here in year number three. Brian North joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Last night, Brian, uh, Louisville all over Duke, 62-22. to 22. And uh, kudos to David Cutcliffe. He, he made Duke. I was looking at this, Brian. Duke went from 1961 all the way to 1989 without going to a bowl. That coach that got him to a bowl in 89, Steve Spurrier. Uh, and then they went through... Let's see. After that, from 1990 to 2011, they went to one bowl mixed in there in 1994. So to get them to six bowl games uh, from 2012 to to 2018, he made them relevant. He had a 10-win season, uh, a 9-win season, and two 8-win seasons. So he did a phenomenal job there, but it looks like it's trending back down, Brian, and uh, I don't know. Just from what you read, it looks like his days uh, could be coming to an end there in Durham. Yeah, more than likely. It's been a great run, but every coach runs its course. How old is David Cutcliffe? I mean, he's no spring chicken anymore. He's been around uh, for a long time. And these things will catch up to you, especially at a place like Duke, which is not easy to recruit. It's a place that's not a football culture. And so what he's done is magical, but you it takes a lot of energy. And I just think maybe he's running out of energy. You have coaching staff turnover. 
they've been through the COVID deal where they just have more stricter policies than anybody else being in private school. They've instituted their own stuff, which has made it even tougher. So there's a lot of things working against him. And then there's times you just say, I'm tired, and, and it might be time. And it just ha- kind of has that feeling for David Cutcliffe, who has nothing to apologize for what he's done with at Duke. He can go somewhere and be a quarterback guru coach again to finish out his career if he wants to keep coaching. I think uh, Arch Manning should go to Duke and just see what would happen <laughs> if they uh, if he gets his hands on one more Manning before he hangs it up. That'd be cool. That would keep him around and keep him employed definitely for a few <laughs> more years. All right, Brian, uh, we are your home for uh, raising awareness for Wake Forest football here yeah. Fridays and uh boy last week nc state wake forest it had everything i want brian i'm I'm a sports fan i'm also a big fan of comedy and and it had both you had there were two cases in that game where hartman threw a where leary threw a pick and then the very next play hartman threw a pick it was like and I, i was texting with a state friend and just like all state fans he's he's a miserable human being and he i said there's a universe out there somewhere an alternate universe where wake and state are like really good legit top 10 15 football programs and they don't do this awful hilarious stuff the problem is that's not the universe we live in they just can't have things too good uh wake wins that one brian but you put it out to the universe a couple weeks ago that Dabo's laying in the weeds and Clemson still has a shot here would have been a not a lot easier and nicer for Clemson if state would have beat Wake last year but there's still a chance I think Wake takes care of business against BC next week and it won't matter but Clemson is a favorite this week in Death Valley against Wake Forest and it's fascinating Brian because Clemson's offense if all things are even can't hang with Wake's offense but right. Wake has had a nightmare trying to score on Clemson's defense over the years so I think it makes for a uh, fun matchup at noon tomorrow it, I, it, it's a fascinating matchup and st- I, uh, people are still sleeping on Wake Forest as far as they have no idea what kind of entertainment show this is maybe part of it's Dave Clawson and how boring he is as a human being and great coach and he's recruited great talent there but he is definitely not a guy's I was asked earlier by someone, you know, what do you think about uh, Dave Clawson getting plucked away from Wake Forest? I said, well, he's not the guy that wins the press conference, and so many colleges want the press conference winner Mm -hmm. more than they want the Somebody that can, like, rally the fans and sell tickets, get people excited. Certainly. And and Dave Clawson's just a nice, boring guy. He's a boring (laughs) uncle who comes in with, you know, he's got his 401K all wrapped up nicely. He can retire at an early age, but, you know, no one wants to sit and talk to Dave, you know, in the party. He's not the cool guy at the party. So, But he does a great job. What he's done there, winning programs or winning games and win, making that a winning program, and the players he's pulled in there, he's doing something right. Yeah. But this is – so the, the respect factor still is not there. And part of it has to do with the defense, and part of it has to do when they get on a big stage. Sometimes they still stumble a little bit. And this is their big stage – on the road, and I can see why Clemson would be favored. It's a name game deal, and when Wake lost, to, if Wake hadn't lost to North Carolina, I think it might be different. Mm. Now this game, you put the one loss against uh, beside their name, less people pay attention and don't take it as seriously. And I think that's where Vegas and the gamblers are probably going to put their money on Clemson because that's the easy thing to do. Now, having said that, Wake's defense has got to make sure they don't give Clemson that life offensively that they haven't had all year, and that's going to be that's really where that game is going to be decided. Brian North joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. North, uh, Ron Rivera returning to Charlotte this Sunday, and and maybe that's been a big headline uh, in Charlotte or uh, in Landover, but 
most of the talk I see is about Cam Newton, and really for good reason. Uh, as he comes in last week, he gets signed like three or four days before the game at Arizona. Comes in, runs a touchdown, throws a touchdown, Panthers roll, McCaffrey's looking good, the defense, albeit they didn't face Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, defense played great, and all of a sudden the Panthers fans have new life and uh, should be a, a great atmosphere at Bank of America on Sunday with Cam Newton back in the starting lineup. That was announced today. So, th- look, I still... If you if I had to guess, I would say this this Cam reunion does not end, does not have a happy ending at the end of this thing, but it sure as hell had a, a great first chapter, Brian, on uh, Sunday. And that may be the worst thing that could have happened because the expectations are so high. Yep. I played, what, 10 snaps? He didn't even play that much. Yeah. And he was put in, in winnable situations. Third and short is a winnable situation. Defensive turn defense getting a turnover and getting it down inside the 10-yard line, that's a winnable situation for Cam Newton. I want to see Cam Newton on third and long and see if that shoulder still holds up and if uh, he's gained any accuracy back. That's basically what got him fired and sent out of Charlotte before. So now all of a sudden we're going to find out we've got more of a, of a test here. That was a, that's what I call a prom game. You know, He showed up and looked good when he had to. Uh, but it was only for a handful of plays. Really, P.J. Walker played great offensively, and I hmm. think I would think they still need to have him in there some because I don't for a couple of reasons. One, Cam doesn't know the whole playbook. I thought Matt Rule had a really telling soundbite the other day when he said uh, Cam hasn't learned the playbook; he's learned the game plan for this week. And so, when things aren't going the way they're supposed to, or something changes, I still think P.J. Walker is going to be a viable guy to go in there to not only run plays. But also, how about you keep the number of hits off of Cam? The big knock against him has been the number of knocks he has taken. So if you can get him out of the game, keep him rested, keep him healthier, he'll be a better Cam. So I don't mind this two-quarterback system here for a few more weeks in Charlotte because Cam is still not game-ready. He didn't Again, he didn't play that much. It, it, when you take hits, it's a whole different thing than just running sprints on the side. And so there's a whole lot more that goes to it, and I, I just hope they don't throw him in for – you know, 80 snaps this week when he's just, I don't think, quite ready for that. I hope they're still willing to go to P.J. Walker. And I think for the Washington defense, having to prepare for two quarterbacks would be a lot tougher for them, too. So I would use that to my advantage. And, yes, number 22 is back, and that makes every quarterback look good when you give it to Christian McCaffrey. I was going to get there next, Brian. It looks like he's back just about to his full load. He had 13 carries last week, 95 yards on those. He had 10 catches on 10 targets for 66 yards that is not good news for washington fans that uh all the cam and pj and and whatever is not but christian mccaffrey healthy and getting 23 touches it'll probably go up to 27 30 this week uh that is not a good uh, news for opponents for the panthers no and look sam darnold was good when he had christian mccaffrey right yeah sam and right. remember sam you know in his great start when number 22 was there so <laughs> You know, everybody looks better when 22 is in there and healthy. And and you talk about the workload, and that's something I think they really need to keep an eye on here because it is very tempting to give it to McCaffrey 30 to 35 times a game because of what he does when he gets it. But you have to look at his fragility that he's had these last couple of years and say, you have to fight that urge. Chuba Hubbard is, is getting there. He's looking better. He had some good, meaningful touches, including a touchdown, and that makes you feel more confident you can give him the ball a little bit more. And uh, the kid from Nebraska, number 20, uh, he provides an electric spark for them. I'd like to see them use him a little bit more as well. Amir Abdullah, 
one of those guys that uh, is great in college and then gets drafted by the Lions and fades into obscurity. <laughs> I honestly thought he'd been out of the league for like 15 years. Uh, that's what happens when you go to Detroit, but he's still around. Brian, the NFL so weak to week. Like, I don't know. I buried the Panthers like two weeks ago, and now they're back from the great. Like, you just can't figure this stuff out. And uh, I guess last week the shocker was Washington beating Tampa, but we see these scores every single week, these 10-point favorites uh, who not only don't cover but lose outright and uh, makes it interesting, makes it frustrating if you're a fan at times, but it's it's fun. I th- Health is the number one indicator. It's yeah. who is healthy. And when teams aren't healthy or don't have their full complement of players, it's a big deal. And I've been saying all along on Tampa Bay, keep an eye on them with a 17-week season now. It's one more game of wear and tear for an older team. So it's it's right now it's, it's about when you get hot. And to make proclamations here in the middle of the season when you can't predict injuries and to figure out who and when they're going to get hot and when they do it, it's way too tough. This has definitely become – one of those deals where a wild card team almost becomes a favorite in the playoffs because they're getting hot at the right time. And how you can get a team hot at the right time is anybody's guess, but that's really where this league has come down to now. So that's why it's, it's so fun week to week. And we can make these proclamations about who's so great right now, but uh, you know, it's such a long season. It come the ebb and flow is just crazy, but that's what makes the NFL so much fun. Brian North joining us. Got some Pirate Hoops coming up tonight. East Carolina hung with Oklahoma last night, but the Sooners get the win in Myrtle Beach tonight. East Carolina will take on Old Dominion. They were absolutely destroyed last night by Utah State. Yet, I believe, I saw people tweeting about this, the line opened up Old Dominion uh, a slight favorite. Now East Carolina is a two-point favorite in the game. And I'm, I'm worried about this one, Brian, just because East Carolina – Played pretty well last night. Didn't hit their free throws. They gave up offensive rebounds, which they're going to do uh, against uh, bigger physical teams. But I'm just worried about a letdown here that that you give it all last night. You don't get it. You got to turn around, play another pretty good opponent. Plus, Old Dominion blown out, and uh, and, and they come back. They're going to be hungry tonight. I did read, Brian, that their coach, Jeff Jones, remember him from Virginia, uh-huh is back in norfolk with covid now i probably should have researched that before i just said that but i did read that (laughs) and uh their interim coach will be uh, a player i remember well brian stith his son brandon stith uh played at east carolina before transferring to i believe old dominion so uh just a few connections there but uh east carolina played well last night brian let's see if they can do it two nights in a row it's always that early on we get excited about ECU basketball. They have a whole new group of players that we barely get to know them. It's funny. The only reason I remember the Stith kid playing at ECU was because he was Brian Stith's son. Me too, yeah. yeah and, but I don't remember anything he did on the court for him, and that's kind of you know ECU basketball's M.O. Guys come in for one year and out, and uh, it's just the, the unable to get the consistency of players staying for a long period of time. It's funny we mentioned Dominique Davis, and – and all the, and the great pantheon of quarterbacks ECU has had, sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle because he was only there two years. We're used to starters three to four years at ECU. And so that's the same thing with a basketball team. You can't get to know these guys because they don't get a good body of work to ever get to know them. So that, to me, has always been the problem. It's the nature of basketball now and what it is. But you're trying to learn the ECU basketball team and what makes them any different from the struggles they've had for the last five or six years. So 
maybe some of these guys stick around, maybe they don't, but getting to learn them, know who they are and what they bring to the table and what makes them any better here early on in the season. Old Dominion, look, Jeff Jones has been a good coach everywhere he's gone. I can't see any way that team uh, is so horrible this year just based on his coaching pedigree. Maybe he's not there, but Brian Stith is. That's another guy. So, uh, yeah, Old Dominion, the nature of sports is to rebound. Uh, yeah. unintended with, with basketball and so be careful of this ECU Old Dominion game tonight. North, uh, enjoyed the chat man, we're here 11.30am Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate getting ready for the 3.30 kickoff so we'll see if you're around at around uh, 3 o'clock Brian tomorrow what, what you got going on tomorrow? Um, you know, just another uh, fall Saturday um, trying to uh, recover from the weekend uh, the third round of the high school football playoffs and all of that so now I'll just be chilling with the kids and uh, getting ready for the big holiday week. We'll end it there, Brian. Uh, big games tonight. Who's uh, Who are you looking forward to recapping on the Blitz coming up round three? Uh, your nemesis, the J.H. Rose Ranch. Yeah, on the road, right? Round, yeah, on the road at 71st, and this will be interesting. Rose's losses this year are to real physical run-oriented teams, and going into Fayetteville, you know, that's the brand of football they like to play, so that's going to be a real interesting one for Will Bland and company. Not far up the road will be Jacksonville taking on Lee County. That's going to be a great matchup. And then we've got a, two great rivalry games, Northside, Southside of Beaufort County, the Beaufort County Civil War. Northside won earlier this year by 20, and we'll see if that happens again. And in Duplin County, it will be standing room only uh, in Beulahville, Wallace Rose Hill at East Duplin. Wallace only lost this year was to East Duplin. That was by three points four weeks ago. So those are some of the great games. And Washington, you know, put some ranch on it. They're going to Elizabeth City to take on Northeastern. And that'll be a fun game. High scoring. That one we're hoping is done by the time we go on the air because those two teams put up a lot of points. Ranch it up. Let's go, Coach Owens. All right, Brian, thanks for joining us today, man. We'll uh, talk to you for a few minutes coming up on Saturday. Have a great Friday evening, and uh, we'll try to catch up with you tomorrow. All right, sounds good, Clipper. All right, Brian North joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line as we got you ready for all kinds of sports going on. We got hoops tonight pirates and monarchs coming up at 7 30 ecu football saturday with navy and east carolina going at it at 3 30 we're here 11 30 a.m on the bud light pregame tailgate and we'll have a full slate nfl triple header for you coming up sunday right here on pirate radio let's take a time out we'll come back wrap it up take a look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard by the way there's six i think five or six college football games tonight we'll get you ready for the action going on tonight. Hornets in action. We'll talk about it all when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back taking a quick look at your stock market report for today the dow closed out the week down 268 points at 35,601. 
NASDAQ was up 63, however, at 16,057, and the S&P fell six points and closed at 4,697. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. I almost said that backwards. Back into PR, back into the clip, clip rock. rock here's, here's PRL. PRL. <laughs> I almost said that backwards. We're here enough that we should just legally change our names to Pirate Radio at this point. Uh, we'll be back here Saturday for the Bud Light pregame tailgate at 11 30. Looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard, two games have already been played to a completion in Myrtle Beach today. Utah State beat New Mexico State 85 to 58, and Davidson beat Penn 72 to 60. It uh, right now at halftime, Oklahoma has a 38 to 30 lead over Indiana State, and East Carolina will play the final game of the tournament tonight at 7:30 against Old Dominion. Tonight in college football, a lot of action going on for a Friday, including Memphis at Houston. And that game is 9 o'clock on ESPN2. Also, San Diego State taking on the Fighting Magazoos of UNLV coming up tonight. Southern Miss is at Louisiana Tech. The Skippers there. Uh, Arizona at Washington State and Air Force Nevada. Wow, this is a pretty good night of college football tonight. You can watch some of that after ECU takes on Old Dominion and the Red Hot Charlotte Hornets. They've beaten the NBA's best their last couple of trips out beating the warriors and the wizards they'll take on the pacers tonight at home that game at seven o'clock hurricanes a winner last night on the road all those scores presented by buccaneer music hall we'll have a busy buck scoreboard update for you coming up on saturday thanks to the buck we are done shirley glenn enjoyed it we'll see you monday three o'clock for an all-new pirate radio live we'll see you 11 30 a.m saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate we'll talk to you then so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation